0: I'm Sam Legasic.
3: And I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream.
0: So come join us where things are a little... odd. This is the...
2: This earth of yours will be reduced to a burned-out cinder.
3: Hello, Oddcast aficionados. It's me, Dreadful Dan G, here as usual with Sam. Hi, Sam, how are you doing? Hello. I'm
0: very well, thank
3: you. How are you? I'm all right. Enjoying the uh, balmy British winter. (laughs) Balmy. Balmy. And today we're also joined by a very special guest for the first time um, from Los Angeles, the experimental rock musician, Harry Cloud. Hello, Harry.
2: Hello. Thanks for having me. How are things there in LA? Pretty good. It's pretty, uh, pretty warm. And, uh, I have my Christmas tree up from last year, still going strong. I noticed
3: that, uh, you've got an affinity for Christmas. I do.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. If you had it up the whole year, it's just not, you've just not taken it down.
2: Yeah. It's, uh. It's doing pretty good. It's like a little brown, but been there a whole year. (laughs) That's brilliant. I was thinking about getting another one and just just filling my house, never taking out the Christmas trees and just have like dead trees all over my house. (laughs) (laughs) Living
0: like a a weird forest. Or never take down
2: decorations. Like I still have Halloween stuff up. So just like pile on Halloween, Christmas. A constant Turkeys.
0: celebration.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> so this year, um, for listeners, Harry released the album The Pig and the Machine, um, which I listened to and loved. And I reviewed it recently on my YouTube channel on travel Dance Discs. Um Yeah, and in that video, Harry, I was kind of thinking, like there's a lot of Christmas imagery in your stuff because on the back cover there's that picture of the like puking Father Christmas. Yeah. And um Obviously, your album After School Special—it's got that image of the tree on the front cover with all like chopped-up limbs under the tree. <laughs>
2: yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I think I think it originally just started that um, I just loved Christmas growing up, like a lot of people do, and you know, in love with like movies like Elf and Home Alone, and you know, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And then as I got older, I thought it was, like, the kind of, like... Like, have you seen Trading Places with Eddie mm-hmm. Murphy and Dan Aykroyd? Like, yeah. yeah, love like it. Like, the drunk or, like, Scrooged with uh, yeah. Bill Murray. Bobcat Goldwaith, you know? Like, the yeah. depressed, drunk, uh, s- suicidal Santa. Like, <laughs> just something to, about something that's, like, wholesome for kids being either, like, fucked up or evil or depressed or <laughs> drunk... Um, so part of it's just genuine Christmas nostalgia and then part of it is taking this thing that's supposed to be, it just turned into this like absurd mm. thing that I sort of weave in and out image wise. And I had this like sequined Santa suit made for me. That's kind of, kind of got like a big boxing hood, you know, when they come out like this <laughs> oh, cool. that I had made to like perform in that I've worn, worn a little bit.
0: Brilliant. Um, what what, came, what made you come up with the title, um, "The Pig and the Machine"?
2: Um. Well, you know, some of the stuff I come up with doesn't always have like a a deep meaning or even like much meaning. I mean that that line was like something that I came up with a song. It was, it was a lyric, in the the title track. And I thought it just sounded really cool and epic, but then it ended up turning into something like it. Like, um, there's a theme throughout about um, a relationship I was in with someone, and the pig and the machine. Kind of, the pig was kind of like me, like a gluttonous, slothful person, and then the machine was like looking at her as kind of this like cold-hearted, you know, mechanical mm, okay. person, and our our. Uh, that last song was kind of about our our breakup.
3: Uh, oh man, I didn't realize so, it was such a sad album.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, this, it stuffs all over the all over the place with it. Um, but yeah, like that's that's a sad song that that last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just thought it was like a cool a cool title, you know.
0: Because I wondered if you, because if you heard of Florence in the Machine, I was thinking, are you calling Florence fat? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> oh, no. I didn't
2: think about that.
0: Um, there's also, like, do you know, have you heard of the Amnesia game series? Of, there's a couple of them out. Um, and they've got. Uh, like video uh, think, games? Yeah, they're video games. And it's like first person kind of horror stuff. Um, and uh, one of, the, I think, like the subtitle of the first one or the second one is called A Machine for Pigs. And I think it's got something to do with, I think it does actually have something to do with pigs as well. And I wondered, because you've got a couple of gaming references, right? In the Oh, um, uh, I do, yeah. And I was wondering, oh, is it anything to do with that? I wasn't sure. Was no, I guess a,
2: p- a machine for pigs sounds like a slaughterhouse mechanism.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, guess I think it is. I've not played it. Pig
2: smasher.
3: <laughs> That's what I thought when I first got the album, actually. Like I just had these kind of, Texas Chainsaw vibes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then, but then all the artworks say, like, adorable. <laughs> um, so I guess it's kind of like you said about the k- Christmas imagery. And I think, like, l- having listened to some of your music, that feels like a kind of constant theme running through. Is There's a sort of, like, undermining of, my um, like expectations. Mm-hmm. especially, like, some of the genres of rock that you're kind of playing around with especially some of the kind of, like, more classic rock stuff. Like, mm-hmm. when some of your songs get going, you then kind of, like, sabotage them from left field, put in yeah. something a bit weird or, like, unexpected or a little bit sour. Is that a fair kind of approximation yeah, of just stuff? it's
2: like, definitely, like, mismatches or matches up stuff a lot. I mean, I don't do it consciously. It's kind of just how I write. Like, when I'm writing a song on guitar... Like when it goes to part B, it isn't necessarily I'm thinking about like chorus or to tie this in. It's more just um, I'll just start hearing another rhythm and then I'll go into that. And songs end up being, I mean, there are a lot of traditional songs on this, like verse, chorus, verse, chorus. But um, a lot of my writing can just be like maybe like four parts and all of them are are different. Mm -hmm. The only song in here I feel like it doesn't really flow well is the first song. (laughs) <laughs> the, oh, really? um, the, um, I, fantasia a little little mismatched there but yeah i don't do it like consciously and then i think as far as the cutesy stuff like i do have sort of like some um childlike whimsical kind of children's songs vibe with some of my writing i don't know i oh, like yeah. kimya dawson a lot some of her old stuff and like I don't know. Velvet Underground kind of has that thing, or like Mm -hmm. the Vaseline's—they kind of do that a little bit.
0: Nice. I'm going to make. Who else do you think? Go on, sorry.
3: Yeah, who else do you think um, has influenced you? Well, either specifically on the pig and the machine, or just generally in your your music.
2: Um. Well, it's kind of strange, but I actually listen to Fish a lot. That, that jam band, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um not like, the Marillion Frontman. Yeah, some of like the older um like nineties stuff, live stuff from them. So I don't know how much that really I would say more probably like, you know, bands like Melvin's or stuff like that influence more of the kind of stuff I write, but I mean no, not really. I don't know how much of their stuff bleeds into what i do but it's kind of um, a weird when i listen to as far as like maybe the art, album artwork juxtaposition i mean i don't know how much the melvins influenced that but like they i always thought that was cool they did that you know like the having flowers or cute things on their for their album art but then it, it's like really heavy you know inside yeah. and, but and then also for this artwork I was inspired by the Swans artwork where they just have the like right on the cover, just taking up the whole cover, of the name of the uh, album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I was what I was thinking when I did with this album artwork.
3: Yeah, now you say yeah, it, yes. it, it's really um it's really clear. I didn't think of that.
0: It's funny. It makes me think you of that. So go on.
3: But specifically there's one Swans have got an album called Public Castration is a good idea, I think. It's just got the words in those big, tall, block letters. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Brutal. It's funny funny you talk about Melvin's, Harry. (laughs) 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 And and specifically about albums
3: with flowers on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, Dan, go on.
3: Well, because the subject of today's episode, and the reason why Harry is joining us, is to help us cover... Melvins
1: 1996
3: album Stag. So Stag is probably one of my favorites. I've got a few other Melvin's favorites, but, um, yeah. What do you think of it, Harry?
2: It's my favorite album of theirs. I mean, that one's kind of a nostalgic one too. When I came out, when it, when I came out, when it came out, I think I was, um, like 13, maybe 14. And, um, I used to just, yeah, I really liked that one. The, the best I thought of it It is really, um, Diverse, I like that it did some of the songs like, um, like Skin Horse and Berthas, where he did kind of this like pretty melodic voice, you know?
3: Yeah,
2: um, especially Berthas kind of it's just kind of like feel good, kind of like Brocken, and then, um, or like like Black Bach, you know, that was kind of yeah, I loved that. but um. Buck Owens really stands out. I feel like that's kind of an uncommon song that they did. It's really kind of like metal in a way. But I don't know. I mean, the first album I I heard of theirs was Stoner Witch. And then I really liked that. And then I heard Houdini, which I liked, but not as much. And um, And then I got, well, I don't know what all came after that. But I don't know. Stag, Stag seems to be a lot of people's favorites. Like, I actually talked with Kevin Rootmanis, and he was saying that he thought that was their best record.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. So, Kevin um, was Melvin's bassist from 1999 onwards, I think, for about to like, five or six years.
2: Yeah, I think the big business guys joined in 2005. So, that's,
3: that's quite interesting that he thinks that's. Uh, he, he didn't pick one of his own albums that he played on. <laughs> um for me this was probably like the maybe fourth or fifth melvin's record i heard probably heard some of the like earlier uh noisier heavier stuff first so for me this was just like suddenly them popping into like psychedelic technicolor just so many different angles like you said kind of like more this like poppy stuff actual kind of like some singing um <laughs> yeah and yeah, some of that kind of like more just like straight up kind of blues, rock and hard rock influenced stuff. Um, but yeah, I love the eclecticism of it. And Sam, I think, is this the first time that you, uh, you listen to this record?
0: Yeah. So my Melvin's history is um, basically I've listened to like Houdini a few times. And Dan will play the odd random track to me. (laughs) (laughs) And that's about the extent of it. So I'm coming in fairly fresh, but I hadn't heard this album at all before uh, listening to it um, for this podcast. And uh, yeah, I guess um, it'll be interesting uh, to hear what you guys think, because I thought it was all right. <laughs> <to put the laughs> immediate on it. I was like, it's definitely eclectic. It's definitely you know, like I mean, you know, experimental. It's
2: weird. If I heard it for the first time now at my age, I might not, you know, think it's as great. Who knows? Like, yeah, like I don't listen to the album currently. I mean, I, I listened to it in preparation for this pod, podcast. I drove around and played it in its entirety, but that's the first time I've put it on, and I don't know how many years, you know,
0: right. Yeah, I felt like it took me three or four listens. Oh,
2: you listened to it that many times, huh?
0: Yeah, well, I had it on back like, in the background whilst I was working. Uh, <laughs> it's a <tree> professional. <laughs> yeah, That's a I do, because well, I, I want to get a feel for just it. Speaking,
2: it's okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: but I think it's, well, I think, you know, especially something like this, it's not immediately accessible, I would probably say, um, well, for me anyway. And, uh, yeah, I felt like it deserved like a good couple of listens. Um, and it did grow on me more so I can see how it would be a grower. But, um, yeah, there was some, not, not to kind of, you know, give away spoilers, but I really liked the like intermission tracks, like the little short, oh, really? yeah, like in betweeny stuff, um, uh, rather than the you know, full track, especially the second half of the album, I liked more than the first half, I would say. Um, okay. uh, but yeah, I kind of wrote notes for each song um, as as we kind of go through. But uh, yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting experience anyway. And again, like I'm not too like au okay fait with, um, with Melvin stuff. So I'm always intrigued and I know Dan's a big fan. So yeah, I wanted to give him a proper listen. It's kind of funny in a way because like we both got into Nirvana at an early
3: age mm. and they've been like a big part of our lives <laughs> yeah um, the yeah you never kind of uh, explored them i know harry you're you're a fan as well aren't you nirvana yeah
2: yeah i mean that's how i found the melvins i think a lot of people did that way mm. but i can see someone liking nirvana and not liking the melvins i mean nirvana's a lot more accessible um, yeah, But Nirvana had some weird stuff too. Like the, some of the incesticide stuff is super weird.
0: Yeah. That's weirdly, I think we were talking about this the other day, like the incesticide stuff is always the stuff that if I've got like a random play, you know what I mean? Like just listening to whatever and it, um, an incesticide track comes on, I'll n- never skip it because it's always like feel like it's the most interesting. That was, that was always
2: my favorite. Record, even though it's not technically an album or whatever. That was my favorite yeah. compact disc of theirs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I really yeah, love exactly.
3: the early, like the Dale demo stuff.
0: That's yeah, on there. that's the like Spray really
3: Queen good. and I Actually, the one time I met Dale it was really embarrassing. I was quite drunk. And I didn't know you met Dale. When yeah, the the Melvins came and played. It was when they were doing the soundtrack for um, this guy's short movies, the wrestling right. movie. Was, yeah, it's called, um, no, it's it called BB and they played three of the same one guy's films. Cameron Jamie, his name was.
0: Okay.
3: One, uh, Spook House, BB and Cranky Claws. Great name. Right. Yeah, that was, the, that was really good. Uh, yeah, that was really cool because that was all about this thing they have in, uh, like Central Europe. Right. The, um, the, the Crankers. Krampus, right. sorry, Krampus, Krampus. You know, and it I comes the and Krampus Dutch movie one. the
2: other night.
0: Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The 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 evil Santa, basically.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> this guy had made this like silent documentary, just of actual footage of these like guys in you know, and it's all in these little tiny backwater villages. So again, mm. it's got a bit like Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe, and right. they're just turning up at people's houses and like hitting them with sticks. and They look absolutely <laughs> terrifying. But um, yeah. Anyway, he got the Melvins did like a live soundtrack, and they played kind of like long, doomy, ambient kind of stuff. And they came and did it at my friend's like university, Jeez. so it was really cool. Who
2: was on bass then? Uh, Kevin. Okay. Um, but
3: yeah, so Dale was just there, like taking his drum kit apart, and I'd had a few a few beers, and I was like. <laughs> Like, <laughs> the Dale demo is my favourite Nirvana stuff.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: what, what did he say? I think he just said, thanks. Like, oh, like, thanks. Like, he was genuinely... Uh, they're, they're obviously used to handling fanboys. boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were really nice. And then Buzz kind of like sat with us for about an hour and listened to us talk shit
0: that he probably didn't want to oh. hear. <laughs> didn't know any of this. Yeah. Brilliant. What did uh, he say in that hour? Anything, any kind of little nuggets there? I just remember he was going to. Brown <laughs> nuggets, gold nuggets, whichever, whatever color. <laughs>
3: He's oh, to ex- what I, remember, I just remember he was just going to. Ex- down with
2: your friends, and he he joined you guys.
3: Yeah, he just sat okay. with us in the. Um, it was like in a like a university lecture hall, you know, like uh, an auditorium. So he just came and sat in the in the seats, and that's cool. Yeah, no, yeah cool. they're really really cool. Um. Anyway, I can't remember where I was going with that. <laughs> where <laughs> are we go? Oh, yeah, Nirvana. Nirvana thing. Yeah. Um, Connection. Because we're thinking... I've I've gone deep into like a bootleg space where suddenly... I think it's because of lockdown. I'm getting into all the stuff I was into in the mid-90s. Did you, so did you like
2: Alice in Chains?
0: No.
3: That's a I band don't. I
2: never even heard, I don't think. Oh, really? I, I was just them. wondering, speaking of 90s, because they were just... Had like got some award from the Mopop Museum and and uh, Seattle, and there was all these like '90s grunge bands that were like playing their songs, like Tad and Soundgarden, people, and like Chris Novoselic, and
0: it was mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, it's weird. Alice in Chains, I never felt came was like a big thing in Britain like it was in America. Oh, really? Um, yeah, okay. it was like Pearl Jam. Yeah. Um, Soundgarden, yeah, a little bit. Um, but yeah, Alice in Chains and that kind of, it just felt more American and maybe it was just a bit harder to jump yeah. over here. I don't know. Um, they
3: didn't, I didn't really hurt, break
0: them as hard here, did they? No. Um, I, I couldn't tell you one Alice in Chains song. I couldn't tell you one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know they were big, but I don't know. I literally can utter a song. Um yeah, but I know they're kind of considered grunge. But then when when it's like I've heard bits and pieces, I'm like, is that grunge or is that the you know kind of commercial grunge? That
2: yeah, well, I mean, what is grunge anyway? Pearl Jam yeah. doesn't sound grungy to me. No, yeah, it's,
0: right. Yeah. Dan Dan will agree with you. <laughs> Dan's yeah. very vocal about that.
3: <laughs> it's one of my what do they call it? Being
0: triggered. I get triggered yeah, by. You get word triggered <laughs> by. It. <Yeah. laughs> it's rock, and that's fine. It came out a yeah. time rock of grungy music. stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I totally appreciate <laughs> it's, when you see those videos now, like that kind of like, and it has that sheen, like, um, you know, for you're like alive or whatever and then full, and it's like, this is still, <laughs> this still feels like, you know, like Guns N' Roses or like whatever, rather than Nirvana. Um, yeah. So it's weird to kind of sometimes put them in the same, uh, same space. Yeah.
2: To me. I thought all those bands were. Kind of different well, i don't
3: mm-hmm. know But then can yeah. you imagine if you so you're listening to that kind of stuff and then stag comes out <laughs> <and it's being laughs> like i don't know you're you're picking up your like, little rock or metal magazine and you're like yeah these are the, the godfathers of grunge and you you rush out to buy a copy of stag and you get confronted with this just like totally weird music um I'd love to know, and even like Melvin's fans of that time, this must have been quite a jarring listen. Like, especially if you're into the earlier years. To kind of hear them doing all this experimental stuff. I know a lot of people hated these kind of albums, this and Honky, and then they were like really happy when they went back to the like heavier sound on the, the maggot. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So I think it's turned a lot of people off, but that's it. It's just that's what happens, I suppose, when you kind of have an album that's eclectic. There's going to be stuff that just isn't to people's tastes.
2: Mm-hmm. I heard Buzz say once, actually, people were calling them sellouts when they did Bullhead, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I guess because they were doing like Ozma and Glory, Glory Porch Treatments and it was all these kind of like shit math rock songs. And, uh, and then they started like simplifying it a little bit, you know? Yeah. I thought that was weird. Uh, That makes sense, though. How did you feel about, like, the trilogy after having the, you know, the recording sound of the Atlantic years? That was a little jarring for me. I loved it. Yeah.
3: I mean, that's where I jumped in, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. So, Maggot and Bootlicker. The first albums I heard. I think Bootleggers like might still be oh, one of my okay. favorites. Yeah, me, I it's think... like a perfect kind of mesh of like the heavy stuff and some the bootleg experimental stuff. Those two albums oh, together. together. Yeah,
2: yeah. I don't know these ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. We can back.
0: Let's
3: bring back it back it to Stag. To the stag. Then. Cool. Um. A little bit of background just for, uh, for our listeners, I suppose. Um, so Stag it came out on the 15th of July, 1996 on Mammoth Atlantic. So Mammoth was like an, an indie label that started in 1989, mm-hmm. but they started like a working relationship with Atlantic um, in 1992. And this probably was one of the last albums um, that came out through that relationship because that ended then in 1997. Um, so, this was their third album with Atlantic. You know, this was their major label deal, um, you know, in the wake of Nirvana and all that alternative rock and grunge. Um, and I don't think the band, I mean, the, they were probably the last people that thought it was going to pan out, right? They, I think I've had like read interviews with Buzz basically. You know, other bands went into these kind of deals and got screwed over, but I think they went in kind of knowing what their limitations were, knowing that they weren't going to be the uh, commercial success that Atlantic wanted. So they're kind of like, let's make the most of it and let's make the most of those recording budgets and do something a bit different. Um, and it feels like with this final uh, Atlantic album, they really like yeah pushed that envelope to the extreme and just explored every single kind of like angle that they could uh, come up with.
2: Yeah. I think as far as making it uh, taking, uh, making the most of it, I think I've heard interviews too where Buzz, you know, he thought they were eventually going to get dropped. So they, they saved that money, you know, they tried to not just use like, Oh, we have this budget for this album. Let's spend all of it, you know? So they're smart guys, aren't they? <laughs> yeah.
3: I think he's pretty business savvy. I think um Witch specifically um sounds really good. Like that's a really well recorded and produced album. Um, mm-hmm. though this one seems to have been like produced and recorded in some fits and bursts. Um like everyone's contributing songwriting here. I think that's, that's why
2: it's so different than their other ones cuz because the bass player was contributing a lot as well in the writing, which makes me think maybe that's part of the reason they don't play a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Besides the bit, you know? And, like, when they were doing those full album uh, shows, they didn't do Stag.
0: Oh, really? oh Yeah, good point. They did do Stoner Witch, though, didn't they? Yep. So was it? did it end badly with the bassist, or is it you just think a songwriting...
2: Like I think Buzz just got tired of playing with him. I don't think anything. I don't know that anything specifically bad happened. Okay, watch well, like live stuff it? of them. He kind of like mopes around the stage and almost looks kind of like sad or something when they're playing. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> so that's uh, this is Mark D that we're talking about. Mark D. Mark Dutrom, um, and yeah, I mean that influence on Stoneage didn't become apparent to me until i heard some of his solo stuff recently which i really liked there's one album specifically that's really stoner witchy um which album was uh, that is it called i can't remember what it's called (laughs)
0: let me have a look so why why wouldn't they play stag in full then i was just looking
2: um, I don't know, maybe, maybe because um Mark Dutrum, however, you say his last name, like helped write some of the stuff. So, but I, yeah. I don't know, I mean, the other bass player could have played that stuff. Why do you think they didn't play that? Uh, I guess man. for that
3: reason, yeah, I don't know, I guess they don't see it as being or being there, maybe as. As loved maybe in their canon as well. Mm. Oh, that album's called *Brief Sensuality* and *Western Violence*. Uh, oh, and the other one, *The Value of Decay*. Both of those, I, I think they're really good records. Um, Is yeah, that Melvins as
0: well?
3: Really, no, so they're both Mark D. solo albums. Oh, right. Okay, um, but they really, they really evoke this kind of this Atlantic era of Melvins. I think, but yeah, hmm. pretty good. If you're into that period of Melvins, they're worth checking out. Hmm. um but yeah this is one where like i've always found the songwriting a, kind of like a bit uh mystified but here you kind of you actually got the credits in the in the sleeve of like who wrote each song like who wrote music who wrote the lyrics and um so yeah it's like really apparent that everyone's contributing songs here hmm. and they're also you know it's like all over the map in terms of like styles but they're also recording at different studios. Um, so I think like some of it's recorded in London. Um, let me have a look in here.
2: I think Mark lived in London.
3: Right. Ah. So maybe even like, do you think he even just recorded some of that solo and just submitted it?
2: Yeah, maybe. I Where think those it little Saturday interlude City? tracks are, are each one's kind of by someone else or something. Could
3: be wrong. Yeah, I think I heard that. I think I heard that. Um, So yeah, they're at Sound City, A and M Studios, Entourage, Faulkner, Paramount, Kozlovsky Sound Productions, uh, and some stuff at home apparently. So then, you know, sometimes some of these tracks are produced by the band themselves. Some of them by Joe Mm Baresi, and some by Guga Goth, Goth Richardson. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, quite a famous name, I think, in like alternative rock of that era, isn't he? Did uh, I know he did the Jesus Lizard album when they went to major label?
2: Oh, they oh, okay. Yeah, I'm mm. not familiar with him. I know Joe Barresi does like Tool and I'm not sure what else. Mm.
3: So, all, all of that basically, you know, that's all underpinning all these different sounds on this album. Um, I mean, other than that, I mean, there's not that much information really, like compared to other albums of the nineties, I think like all the stuff that's written and spoken about everything, every like little minute thing that's analyzed and Melvin's stuff. I mean, they, they seem to control quite a tight, uh, tight camp. They don't let all that bullshit out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the artwork for the album, uh, here. And forevermore by Mackie Osborne, uh, Buzz's wife. That's and, good. Um, I quite
0: like it.
2: Yeah, I I really like it. I think I like the drawings of the, the of the members in there is really cool. Yeah.
3: Apparently, well I, I looked and there are four different versions of this flower. Oh. So there's this oh, like really? deranged flower on the CD. There's a, a smiley flower on the LP. Mm-hmm. And then there's another two different ones. There's a, a cassette and there's a, like a promo cassette. Right. So, I don't know. I thought it was kind of fun and it's like kind of colorful. Yeah. Like this, like the sound of the, the album makes sense. I, I think, I don't know what you think, uh, Harry, but I've kind of got to the point where I'm a bit like, a bit tired of seeing Mackie artwork on Melvin's records.
2: Yeah, I heard you <laughs> say that, I think, about the new... Buzz solo record in your uh, review. Yeah, I get it. I'm not that into the stuff, but I also understand them trying to... It's just kind of almost like a brand at this point, you know? Like, yeah. we do the music, she does the artwork, and it's just kind of like their mm-hmm. thing, and they work as a unit, but... Robert's I think Flowers this... and skulls. Yeah. <laughs> and roses. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, I think this and Witch and Honky are probably the high point for me of her uh, her Melvin's covers.
2: I like the Bullhead cover. She did that, didn't she?
3: Well, I think that's before... I don't know who did that. I think that's before her time, isn't it? If if she did that, then then it's Bullhead.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe she didn't start that early. That is the album. Gentlemen, should
3: we go through song by song and just... uh, toss off some thoughts sure
1: yeah.
0: I like tossing things off so
3: that's <laughs> <laughs> and, and as we go we'll yeah it'd be nice to know a little bit more about um, about your uh, work Harry um, okay and we should mention as well you know it's not just your solo stuff you're in a bunch of other bands as well yes Orphan Goggles yeah they're one that I heard of uh, quite a while ago through the through Kevin's band Hepatitis. Starting. Cody, do you get
2: that, that split with us?
3: I tr- I tried to. I haven't been able to get hold yeah. of it.
2: Oh, okay. It's
3: on my Yeah, a lot list. of
2: people found out about Orphan Goggles through that split with Hepatitis, which is it's good. And then uh, I have a well I had a band Fannyland, um, which is kind of like cutesy funk psychedelic music or something. Um we did two like EPs, I guess, together. And then uh, recently, I've been playing drums in this band, Skin Tag, which I don't think you know about. Great name. It's kind of like like short, kind of poppy, like punk songs, mm-hmm. not pop punk, punk that's poppy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I guess that's about it. Nice. You know, uh well, fanny, things here and there.
3: you know, Fanny has a different meaning here in the UK.
2: A fanny is a front bottom, right? <laughs> 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 yeah. <is> yeah. Nice.
3: <laughs> so that's good. That leads us nicely more... onto the bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh um yeah, so album kicks off with the bit. Um I love this. I think this is like an all-time classic in the Melvins' uh, catalog. They play it live a lot, even to this day. I really have love that. Listen. Like, do you have a listen? Oh, let's have a listen. Go on, then. I forgot what we were. <laughs> So Yeah, um, I love that sitar intro, and it's just, I mean, what was like mid tempo kind of hard rock track? Mm-hmm.
0: Really satisfying, Sam. What did you think of it? Oh, um, I liked the sitar, I generally like sitars, which is weird. Um, it reminds me of uh, what was that band in, in the ni- late 90s who ripped off um. They did na 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 na. What were they called? Cooler the, shaker. Cooler shaker. That was it. Sometimes I don't even think they actually used a sitar, but in my head they did. And it always kind of puts me off. But I do quite like um, a, a nice bit of sitar. Um, they I've just put, used Indian mystic kind of like um,
3: marketing to make their bland indie seem <laughs> <scene> more interesting. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> they know did, yeah. Band.
0: <laughs> No, it's, it, you don't need to. They were like, they were, yeah, they basically ripped off like old, yeah, 60s, like psychedelic songs or whatever, and tried to and put a bit more distortion on or whatever. But, um, his mum was famous. The front guy's mum was an actress. I can't remember who, like Felicity Kennedy. Hayley Mills. Hayley Mills. Yeah. Was it? He was just a rich, just a rich yeah, kid. just a rich kid. Didn't um you? But yeah, sorry, really random. Talk about cooler shaker on a Melvins, <laughs> <laughs> Melvins episode. Um, I uh, I thought it was all right. Uh, to be honest, I don't want to get. <laughs> I, lucifer, love I love right.
2: that you're not that into it. It makes it more interesting. <laughs> <If> <laughs> yeah, it's better it's, than, than if three people are like, oh, it's so great, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: it's the best. It's the best song in the world. Um, I didn't. I I quite liked it in a way because I thought it was quite visceral. I like the idea, like you know, stomp the blood. Um, I like the guitar sound I think it's got a nice distortion to it and I've put here and I can't remember specifically what I'm talking about here I've put devil backing vocals I didn't particularly like down. by devil backing vocals yeah and I'm not sure what I'm referring to because I <laughs> so, <laughs> cause I've actually Do you listened know what i
2: referring to? Then but I <laughs> put
0: it down it's a note <laughs> so <laughs> I've obviously Good I've thing. obviously thought about it at some point um and yeah I've put yeah it's uh, it's quite growly um, but for me, it's like borderline metal, and uh, yeah, that kind of rubs me up the wrong way a little bit. But it was it was okay for me. Harry, you're uh, gonna you're gonna slap him down.
2: <laughs> you know, I don't know, I don't know what to say. I like the song. I mean, I've gotten tired. I've gotten tired of it because I wish they didn't play it like all the time. Man, yeah. yeah. In fact, I wish they would change up their set list a little more than they do. Um, but I mean, it, it was good. I'm so used to hearing it live. I haven't listened to the studio version in a long time and listened to it. It's a really good, it's a really good song. Yeah, and that that intro is really awesome. So mm.
3: this must have been great I mean, when you were driving around listening to yeah. it as well. Yeah, this is a good driving. Music, like
2: driving's always better. <laughs> and you got the full surround sound in your car, you know.
0: Yeah, your own um, little space.
2: But you know, it's a strong song. Mm. It's a good song.
3: And then we yeah. get something completely different. Uh the track "Hide."
0: Mm. I um, like this. Let's let's have a quick listen. What did You like about it? Um, I like the fact that it was, I mean, it's only a minute or something, isn't it? But it's um it's a nice <laughs> that's what you one. liked about it. It's only yes, a minute, quickly, yeah. it made the painful process much shorter. No, it wasn't because it, was painful, but, um, <laughs> yeah. it, it was. liked uh <laughs> No, I was gonna say, I like the um, I like the fact that it's a little bit chill and it's a bit, it's a bit zen. Um, it's nice. I like these little, these little bits. It kind of gives the album a bit of texture, a bit more like it's a journey, um, which I like. Yeah, that's how
3: I feel about it as well. Um, and I think it's cool. They've got these kind of like little synthesizer experiments in there. Mm. Um, I think this is one of my favorites of, of those kind of songs because it's just like so kind of eerie. And I like that it's kind of near the beginning of the album. It's kind of mysterious. Like, you know, it's
0: beckoning you, you in what
2: do you think Harry um yeah I like it you know my main listening to the stuff was listening as a teenager on my disc man so oh, cool. I really didn't know the names of a lot of songs I actually mm. ended up printing them out here and because I always just kept my you know uh, booklet in those cd booklet cases you know and I'd pop yeah. in and <laughs> never say the name of the songs, but so to me, this was always kind of an intro to bar X, the Rocky NIM. Um, but, Mm uh, yeah, I mean, it's a cool song. Uh, and Mm -hmm. yeah, I think, I think just buzz made this one. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's cool. (laughs) It's chill. Mm -hmm. I dig it.
3: But like yeah. you say, yeah, it's kind of an interlude or like a segue into Bar X The Rocking M. I'm glad you said that first because I've never actually been sure if that's how, what, what it
0: is. I mean, what, it's like bar and then there's like a
3: line and an X, X like, and another right, line. Right, right, that's right, what right, I right, say, right.
2: Bar X The Rocking M. That's yeah. what I read it as,
0: but I want to I wanna know, Dan, what you were thinking it was. I want to hear some of the alternatives Dan, that we I want to know what
2: you think <laughs> is the meaning behind that title. <laughs> Well, yes, for the last, <laughs>
3: <laughs> the last 20 years, I've been kind of been like, is it
2: barks the
3: rocking M? Or is that meant to be like bar multiply the rocking uh, yeah. M? Oh.
2: Yeah, that's funny. It could be that. Bar right. times the rocking M. It's <laughs> of so math equation. Yeah, um, Is it
0: <laughs> Judy Dench headbanging in a, in a rock bar? The rocking M. <laughs> Yeah, she was M in, in James Bond. Wasn't she? Yeah. yeah. Not that? Yeah, she 96, fuck knows what it Judy means. Dench, Judy Dench was still M in, in 96. Yeah. <laughs> I just. I, I, it's like bar kiss. Still kiss. you nice, yeah. Bar bar bar's kiss. blowing us a kiss. Mm. No kisses. Bar X. <laughs> bar it. <laughs>
3: I've never had a clue. I've never tried to decipher to be honest, I've never tried to decipher any of the Melvin's lyrics. They kinda feel like they're there for more for the general vibe. But this one especially seems so yeah. It's designed to be cryptic and frustrating, I think.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Should we give it a listen? Let's do it.
3: Harry, let's start with you. What do you think?
2: Um, I think it's a great song. Um, the highlight for me is probably the, the I don't, horned instrument solo. I don't know if it's a sax or a trombone or what, whatever it is, but it's you know it's it's a good solo. It works. It's in. It, it seems in key and and thought out, but but it's also just really like ridiculous and stupid and noisy especially then where it's like it's getting lower and it's like bah, 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 bah. so i think live just dale does those sounds well, um, mouth, how- because um, in a live at the fucker club that's what he's doing
3: and how does that sound harry
2: i don't like it that much i'd rather them just not do that or maybe can Buzz try and do like a noisy solo since there's no <laughs> horn player. Can
3: you give us a demonstration so people can uh, enjoy it?
2: At home? <laughs> it's beautiful. I <laughs> mean but yeah, I mean, oh and then you know when when I heard this when I was younger and now I know it's Buzz scratching his strings, but I thought it had turntables in it, which I thought was yeah. so cool. I was like, yeah, they have like horns and turntables. Like this is like so cool. You know, they're just incorporating everything. And yeah. but to me, I never thought of it as like random or being goofy. Um, but mm-hmm. I suppose maybe it's some of that too.
3: Yeah, I just think all that stuff is incorporated really well. I just think it rocks really hard. I really like it. I put down this scratching noise as well. I, th- I always thought that was like a classic, like <laughs> mid-90s, like turntable
2: scratch. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> some lim- and there's like a weird shit.
3: wobble board noise in there as well. Something kind of goes... Yeah, um, yeah, just a nice is. little
0: touch. <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring Sun this up. It's going to rain down. on our parade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: yes. I want to hear some <laughs> criticism of this song.
0: Just, uh, just silently waiting to crush everyone's <laughs> <my> enthusiasm. <laughs> so I thought this uh if, if if I had played this song, if you'd played this song to me, I would have thought it was a joke.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was like, why have they got a farty trumpet <laughs> in, in my notes? Even worse. <laughs> They've got some DJ slash Tom Morello scratching.
2: <laughs> Tom Morello. Yeah.
0: Um, I've put this is this a is this a trumpet solo I'm listening to? <laughs> um and I'm and then I've ended it with I'm not really sure what's happening. Um so it's definitely the mo- one of the more experimental tracks um of the of the album, <laughs> I felt like. Uh-huh. <laughs> um yeah, it's how kind weird. Of the most ridiculous, any, any maybe. Huh?
2: It's kind of the most ridiculous maybe.
0: Yeah. Um to be honest, anything that has a trumpet in, I'm I'm going to be dubious <laughs> about. I'm going to start getting flashbacks to like scar punk or something. Some and, mighty
2: boss stones.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were talking about the other day, <laughs> me and that. Um yeah, there's an element of that. It kind of like sends shivers down my spine a little bit. Um and at least it's not that but, uh, yeah, it was interesting to hear you guys talk about your <laughs>
2: love for it. It's interesting to hear you guys talk about it positively. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but, yeah, but you know, my it's
2: interesting. I, I feel like this album flows well, but I I was interested in doing homework for this, and I was looking up, like like, comments, like on Amazon or something from people, and one person was just like, yeah, this just seems like... Like random and like jokey, and I don't get the sense of humor. And I think people can look at it that way. Like, yeah, you know, this is kind of like a wank or something, or uh, <laughs> or, uh, or you know, this is actually like thought out and and I feel like mm-hmm. with Melvin stuff, sometimes it seems like they do just some noisy stuff that doesn't really flow, and then some stuff like this, I feel like it does. But I'm sure the buzz it all flows. You know, I don't know yeah. what, he's, what he's trying to do.
3: Yeah, fair enough. Um next up we have Jakob's lab. So this is another one of those kind of little I instrumental. <laughs> I can't remember interludes. what this
2: one sounds like.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this one, this one's kind of like more creepy. Um, oh, I
2: know. It's kind of, I, I can hear it now. It's kind does of like, like a, a door opening in a haunted house or something.
3: Well, I mean, it does sound like a laboratory, I think. There's like... Something, yeah, it's it's kind of like a like a horror soundtrack kind of thing. According
2: imagine. to Wikipedia, this one was made by a uh, mm.
3: uh Okay, maybe this was yeah what he brewed up in his like London studio.
0: Yeah, I quite I quite like this one again. Like it's another little chill, chill bit, another little come down. Because especially after that last song, which is a bit like manic, um, and I've put it I like the distortion that's kind of going on in the back. Um, but yeah, I do like it. Like when songs have that, like, yeah, I keep using the word texture. I'm overusing it, but, you know, just have that kind of layering and there's like, you know, it feels big, even though it's not, if that makes sense. Um, I quite, yeah, but I like, I like these sort of noise interludes. They're nice. Yeah. Not- um, uh,
2: yeah, now that I remember, yeah, it's kind of eerie. And then, like to me, um, listening to this, I think of it too, just kind of like a uh, an intro to the bloat, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So yeah. let's have a bit of bloat. Harry, do you want to give us yeah, give us the skinny on the bloat?
2: The bloat's <laughs> awesome, you know. I think it's a really interesting composition. Um, you know, it's got that kind of. Um, I'm like having to imagine the songs in my head, um, but it's got kind of that wandering, long, kind of like chill intro, kind of. I mean, it's heavy, it's with, you know, distortion guitars, but it's kind of flowing along, and then it stops and just does that really cool bass line, you know? And then just seemingly random buzz uh, lyrics, but that also, you know, just, like, catching your head, you know, the, give me 46, give me 45. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely one of my favorite songs on here. It's just this super cool song. I like it.
3: Mm. Likewise, yeah, I like that first half. It feels like like really like big, kind of frazzled rock riff, you know. And then like it kind of feels like it would have fit onto like Stoner Witch in that that way. And then mm-hmm. halfway through, it kind of shifts to something a bit more experimental, kind of like stuff from Houdini, like Hagme or something where suddenly all that's gone and it's just that like really sparse kind of like just just rhythm and like you say Buzz's voice and like dale's got a really strange kind of drum sound on here there's this like weird thwack kind of noise i don't know if it's like a i don't know what it is actually if it's like a hi-hat that's been distorted or something right it sounds quite unpleasant actually it sounds quite like unsavory as if someone's being spanked or something
0: (laughs) spanked in the studio Some bloated
2: man or (laughs) woman
0: being spanked.
3: (laughs) But uh, yeah, like the sounds that are in this and like you said, Harry, like the composition of, there's that big part and then there's this kind of like second half that's um, kind of a little bit more, I don't know, less less rocking, less accessible, I suppose. Um, Yeah, really, again, like strange... Kind of like a distortion, then of what it, it feels like. It could be a rock classic when it starts, and then yeah. definitely doesn't feel like that one.
0: Yeah, <laughs> mm. yeah. I thought I thought it was okay. Um, I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's. I quite like some of the. You know, they've got some slide guitar in there. It sounds like. Um, And there's this like nice little, what sounds like a bit of a jam, um, which is quite cool. Uh, Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the end of it. I guess like the kind of lyrics over the, what's almost like that near silence uh, is a bit like meh. But but yeah, this was was okay. This was kind of um, one of the ones I was okay with, but I think, yeah, there's some better tracks on it. Well, maybe
3: one of those is coming up. (laughs) I fancy that you might take a liking to tipping the lion.
0: How would you tip a lion, Dan? um, How much? Healthily,
3: yeah, I give him a <laughs> <laughs> just enough not to perturb him.
0: What's it? The because ma- LA, right, Harry? You got to like tip like 50% or something, have you? That's like the, the standard.
2: Oh, for uh, t- tipping like at a restaurant? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, when, and when you're at
0: a zoo, you
2: <laughs> have to tip the animals. <laughs> <laughs> The San Diego Zoo is pretty cool. Yeah. It's uh I think one of the biggest in the world. Nice. But and
3: that's where uh that's that's where Pet Sounds was uh the cover photo was taken. Oh was it really? Yeah. Touching up the um, goat. <laughs> yeah. The alternative title Tipping touching. the Lion and Touching up the Goat. To... A fine, a fine split seven-inch single from the Melvins <laughs> and the Beach Boys. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, um, I always, I, I, you know, I've never thought of that, Sam. I've always just thought it meant like tipping a lion like you tip a cow. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, these guys, they've also got a song called Punch the Lion.
2: Mm. Oh, what's what that the hell? Album?
3: It's on Prick.
2: Oh, okay. I never really listened to that album. No, me neither. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, <bear,
3: laughs> doesn't bear up to repeated listens. That's like their really super experimental, avant-garde, dicking around albums. Right? Yeah, so that one just seems right. like
2: dicking around to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
0: Um, um,
3: yeah, yeah. this is like really, takes a turn right into something a bit lighter, laid back, kind of hazy vibe.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Almost like a little bit of like, like psychedelia
0: yeah. Yeah. Did you dare I ask, Sam? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, did I like it? Uh, I did. I liked it. I think this. Oh, might, wow. at this point, this was um, one of like going forward, this was the first track I was like, yeah, you know, I'm doing this. There's some really like funky bass going on. And I think this is the first instance and then it starts happening, I think more and more in the album. It's just like, I really like what the drums are doing here um but yeah it just sounds very it sounds very different um it's it feels like gentle but like there's some underlying tension kind of going on like there's something just bubbling gently beneath the surface or something which is quite cool and then yeah that chorus happens um and then yeah some some cool guitar bits and there's some really great drumming towards the end as well um yeah so I, I, i like this one one of the better ones i'd say
3: I guess they agree, because they keep it in their set, I think. Right. It pops up on a lot of set lists so,
2: over the years.
0: Mm. Yeah, oh, I can see why It's good. It's nice. Do, do
2: you, you like it, Harry? I, I do like it, yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. Does this have, like, a, like keys in it, or is that just his guitar at the beginning? I don't know. I have like never little. thought about it. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like the the weird like lead guitar solo stuff you know Mm -hmm. it's kind of kind of bizarre and um i like that you know they back the distortion back a little bit like it's heavy but it's not really they're not really like trying to write a heavy song kind of Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: then and then the end's really rad with like the drums getting really heavy and uh it's got some more turntables in there Just uh,
0: what you always want from a Melvin's album, I imagine. Yeah.
3: <laughs> this is when they were uh, taking advice from Beck. <laughs>
0: really? <laughs> 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 I'd love that.
2: Buzz is in Actually, a Beck video. Have you seen that? I think it's B. Yeah, there. he is, not he? Scientologist, isn't he? Yeah, Scientologist,
0: like, isn't he? Yeah,
2: yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. I think his dad was a Scientologist.
0: Oh, right. There you go. Makes sense they've got something on his dad and he now has to carry that burden (laughs) forever
3: (laughs) sins visited upon the sun
0: yeah
3: so then it's quite nice I like this tipping the line into a song that's kind of in a similar psyche hazy vibe uh, black bock let's hear it Sam. Mm.
0: Give me the good news. Um I yeah, it's <laughs> it's a strange song. Um I enjoy like the the niceness of it, even though it's quite evil, obviously lyrically, and that, you know, um, those two kind of opposites. Um yeah, there's all the satanic stuff behind it right, about sacrificing goats, opening heaven and power or whatever and all this. Um I like the fact it's quite swishy and 60s. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a really weird, strange, different song, um, which I suppose is part of the magic of this album, right?
3: Yeah, I love it for all those reasons as well. I think like this must have been such a departure. I don't think there's anything they'd recorded up, up until this point that was quite like this. Mm. So I can see that this would have pissed off a lot of fans. Right. Um, but yeah, I really like that as well. That kind of thing, of it's so sweet and lovely, and there's these horrible lyrics about this guy like singing about it's nice, it's nice to know what makes me happy, slitting <laughs> yeah. the throat of a <laughs> <the> <laughs> billy yeah. goat. <laughs> yeah, um, and
2: They're is that Dale fun.
3: singing this one? Is it? it well, is. I don't know. What do you think, Harry? Who, who sings this?
2: I think it's Buzz singing it. Oh, it's Buzz. But I don't know. Um
3: It's got su- such well, a lovely says, clear um, tone on this one.
2: Yeah. Who knows? Mm. It says words and music, Buzz. Um, but that but he could have written the words and then someone else sang it. I don't know.
0: Mm.
3: Just but, sounds um, like a more youthful, youthful voice.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't, Maybe really know. I don't really soul. know what Dale sounds like when he sings. So I can't really say. Have you not listened to any uh, of his stuff? Oh, yeah. Actually, recently I checked out some of his, his solo albums, but I can't make a connection. Ah,
3: shame. He's got that other band as well, Altamont. Altamont.
2: I never it's listened like bit to them more, either. Is it's that a bit stuff more of just like a
3: straight up rock Yeah, I I think it's pretty good. I I prefer his, like, weirder stuff. Mm. I quite like the solo
2: album he did.
3: But uh, Yeah, anyway, what did you think of Black Bach?
2: I like it. It's kind of, um, it's really cute and kind of childlike, I thought. Like, um, that little intro and... And then um I think the ends really cool and it gets like kind of kind of dreamy and the vocals are really like lush. Mm. Um, and then yeah the juxtaposition with like the lyrics and then kind of the the cute sounding song I think it's really cool. This
3: like kind of uh, made me think of some of your stuff. Especially um Momo Island and uh school.
2: Okay. Yeah, I can see that a little bit. Mhm. They've got that
3: kind of hazy, summery kind of vibe. There's like some cutesy sounds. There's a vocal uh, technique that you employ on some of your songs, which I think when I was like talking about it on my video, I said it kind of reminds me of David Lynch, like oh, okay. when he sings like in that quite a high pitched kind of almost like a squeak.
0: Yeah.
2: And I have really both... listened to his stuff.
3: Oh, but you should. You must. I, I
2: heard that song he did with um, Karen O. Pinky yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that's all right. Then, um, I think there's better ones. Having a good day today.
0: Is that one? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a couple
3: of Crazy now, Clown Time's he? good as that, a track. Yeah. I really like that song.
0: Yeah. I really um, like the Lynch albums. Um, I like anything Lynch does. I'm a bit of a fanboy for Lynch generally. Um, but I can see that. I have to say, Harry, I enjoyed listening to your album, more than I learned listening to stag.
2: Well it is better. Nah, well sure. there is that exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so it's quite funny like going through all this and I was thinking oh, I'd rather have just reviewed your album than <laughs> like, listened to that uh, like multiple times. Um rather than rather than stag. Uh do you think as well like oh. this song w- was gonna be called Black Cock? <laughs> black cock. <laughs> they were like, we can't put that on the back. We're not allowed. I
2: don't know. I feel like if they wanted to name it that, then maybe they would have.
0: Yeah, is, it's, <laughs> one, it's only one letter out. And it's, you know, it's about you know, yeah, something black Bach.
3: Yeah, what is <laughs> a
2: what is a Bach? I, don't, I well, don't know.
3: I was going to ask you guys this because I've got a theory. Because I went to the torture museum in Prague.
2: Oh, I think I've been there too. Where have you? Every time I go to um, to European cities, I try and find the sex museum and the torture museum. <laughs> and they go kind of hand in hand a little bit.
3: Yeah. Some Tells you a lot about culture, how how they torture their yeah. uh,
0: And yourself. <laughs> torture their people. Yeah. <laughs> and attend to their needs. Do you find yourself in like torture garden or something or some like weird sex club and you're like, well, hold on. Anyone to the museum? I didn't want
2: to. I didn't go to a club, just the, just the museums. They had like toilets where there's like a place for you to put your head, you know, underneath and shat on and stuff. Brilliant.
0: (laughs) Did you do that? Did you take part?
2: I didn't do that, but I bought one and tried it out with my girlfriend later. (laughs)
0: Look, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Look what I've got. It's a birthday present. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This is what you wanted, right? Oh, <laughs> where's my where's my red London double
3: decker bus model?
0: <laughs> no, you don't want that. Yeah. It's no fun. There's no shit involved in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh,
3: sorry. Well, the um, the bok in the Prague Torch Museum is like this big. It's like a pyramid that's had the top kind of cut off slightly, so it's not quite that pointy. And they just put someone on it and leave them to die. And like oh, gravity right, and their own weight would force them down and force the spike up their asshole until it. Oh yeah, it's just...
2: like um, like a just like the like a house roof or whatever, right? Yeah, like a triangle. And then yeah, they just sit on it. Yeah, I remember seeing that. <laughs> Wait,
1: hold on, hold on. It's
2: rough. I mean, a lot of the hold torture on. stuff has to do with putting s- stuff up your asshole or yeah. fucking with your <laughs> genitals, you know, impaling. <laughs> i really so, so just
0: got to get this straight in my head.
2: <laughs> so you've got <laughs> you've got a pyramid.
0: <laughs> How big yeah. is this pyramid? It's not
3: uh, it's not like the pyramids of Giza. It's like
0: what's it called? What's a three D triangle? What do you call it? A pyramid. pyramid. It's actually called a pyramid. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like six foot maybe. Six foot? So you've got a six foot pyramid and you've got to get to the t- and they put you at the top of the six but foot pyramid. But
2: some side. of them are like pyramids and then some are just like two-sided, right? I <laughs> oh. I think I saw one that was just two sided. It's not quite Which is as better. drastically painful, but if you sit on it long enough, you know, right. it starts getting pretty rough. Do you think they talk about it after like
3: months? months? Do you think That'd they take go, months uh, to burrow into your uh <laughs> into your pelvis? Do you see and... the
2: one where you get inside like a like an iron cowl and then they just like Burn it from the bottom, and you just <laughs> crawl around in there trying to get away from the hot ground, but you're stuck. Oh my god! Christ! You believe people used to do that to each other? It's so crazy.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm it's so entertaining. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Certainly. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Forget about. We don't. Um, I'm not saying capital punishment. That's that's horrible. Just bring back the torture. Don't have to <laughs> kill them. <yeah. laughs>
2: Public torture, you know, that's what we yeah, need man. now. Uh, yeah. We yeah. need an up-lift, uplifting thing to
0: watch. Zoom torture. I'm sure we can yeah. think of more ways how we can torture people through their arsehole. I'm sure there are more inventive, <laughs> futuristic, technological <laughs> a good job to have, you know?
2: Yeah. Um, Figuring out the best way to torture people.
0: Yeah, they'll be like, yeah, they, they would have done the research here's where all the pain, pain the anal pain points are um let's take full advantage of it uh but the old way is always the best aren't they
3: yeah when you when you're doing a bit of torturing and you, you're getting someone on the block
0: <laughs> straight back in
3: yeah it's uh it's recommended to use a pair of goggles <laughs>
0: <laughs> did they say that in the museum
3: Yeah, they did. They did. (laughs) 51st.
0: How's that for a segue, guys? Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's a good segue. All right, let's have a listen.
3: Um, I've said goggles, intense, but airy. Um, this one, like, it kind of reminds <laughs> me of... Are you speaking English? <laughs> <laughs> what, did, what was that sentence? In, it's, in, it's intense. It's really intense. I think. Okay. But it's kind of, it's like airy. It's all oh. like swishy and swashy. Um, it makes me think of like Throbbing Gristle. Um, and this one, I think it kind of points the way to they do a lot more of this kind of stuff on the next album on honky. um I see a lot of people talking about goggles like it's the like most evil song in the Melvin's catalog, and it's like really heavy and horrible um mm. I don't know it's never quite resonated with me, never quite got it mm. um, I find it kind of a bit terrifying actually. <laughs>
2: Yeah. You know, I kind of, I kind of don't. I think is this the one where they have the the drums? It's kind of like flat and way in the background or something, or not in the background. But I think I get this one and sterilized are kind of similar, right?
3: Yeah, mm. this one it's mixed strangely. This one goggles, like the, yeah.
2: the the high hat's really loud or something. I don't know. I,
0: right. Yeah, it's that one. That's what I've got here. But all I hear is that. Is that hi hat? And I just think it's just mixed really weird. And like the whispering is like Does this. Have way the, too close. the screaming
2: in it? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. distorted wow. scream, which I don't actually mind,
2: but I just feel like it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It just,
0: yeah, it just like thins everything else out. Um, I don't know. I've put here as well. Like it sounds almost live, uh, which might, I don't know. Maybe it was like recorded as live, but um, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of this one. I have to say. Personally. I kind of
3: like that it's there, giving another, you know, side to the album. Uh, it's not a side that I necessarily want to
2: hear. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not my favorite, but it's cool. And they're definitely—I ex- mean, this one—it's experimental record, and this one they're experimenting with the, with the mixing and stuff. I mean, they're obviously putting things in the forefront that you don't traditionally do. Yeah, and yeah. Kind of turning everything on its head.
0: Yeah, I guess, yeah. I didn't really <laughs> think of it. I didn't really think of it as like experimenting with the mix more than it. It's just, I was like, is this just trying to be different for the sake of being different? But I guess, yeah, I don't it, know. It,
2: it is interesting to think how this song would turn out if they had just mixed it normally like the bit yeah. of Bar X or something, you know? Yeah. I wonder if it would really fucking slay, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, a good point. Yeah. Um
3: next up soup Yummy. Um, this is a uh, <laughs> This is what comes out after a session on the box. Um this is a fun little ditty, isn't it?
2: <laughs> this is my least favorite song on the album this is the only one that i can skip through right
0: yeah so i've put I've, <laughs> two and a half minutes of wank
2: sounds, <laughs> yeah exactly
0: <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like literally drops in soup but with a kind of weird sci-fi synth in the background and little plops like it's an alien <laughs> spacecraft experiment um, and then at the end of it, I've put yawn. <laughs> like yawn. a review. What? <laughs> yawn. Whatever. That's what makes it brilliant. Brilliant. Here we go. Here if we you go. think this is wank, then I, I eat wank for breakfast.
3: <laughs> I, yeah, but you I do. eat wank
0: soup. Why are you saying it like that's a surprise to me? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've wank seen you soup. Do it. We all know what's in that. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> oh. uh, no, I've always loved this one. I've I find it really creepy as well. Like the the melody's creepy. And then it's on this and, shrill kind of like you know, it's like dum 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 dum.
2: Yeah, I forgot about that then, part. I was just remembering then it was like, being just noisy. Mm, or not noisy, got- just the plops.
1: Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. But
2: yeah, yeah. the metal- melody is cool.
3: Yeah, it sounds like something from like an old music box. And then like, you've been locked in some like, like weirdo's house and they're playing that <laughs> and you can hear them boiling up some like disgusting soup in the background. <laughs> okay, well, all right, that's one angle. Um, mm-hmm. But I like how those plops and drips provide like the rhythm for the track as well. I thought that was quite cool. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I just always liked it.
2: I wonder how they made those sounds. I, do you think he's hitting on some drums and then they put like, these filters through it or whatever? I
0: don't know. Yeah. I, I wondered Probably. if it was just some, some synth. Just had the, plop, <laughs> the plop
2: thing yeah. on the synth. They're just going, plop, 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 Hit The plop <laughs> button. Yeah, <laughs> 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 exactly. They- exactly.
0: Uh, okay then we got
3: this is a really good one mm.
2: yeah this is my favorite Buck track Owens
0: yeah Buck Owens let's do it
3: Yeah, tell us about it, Harry.
2: Um, yeah, this one was always my favorite. It's really kind of like metal um, more than the other stuff, I feel like. Maybe their most metal song to me. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see, I'm trying to trying to remember the parts. Um, yeah, I think the drums are really cool. That part mm-hmm. where it's kind of got the talking over it. Yeah, dun, 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 dun. the drums are going off, and then it kind of has that cool, like, pretty build up, and then mm. kind of like climaxes.
0: Yeah,
2: I really like yeah. it. I think his singing's cool.
3: I think it's a good song as well to have at this point in the album. It's like not, I found it quite welcome just to have something more, like, straight up hard rock metal kind of song. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I kind of thought there's like a little bit of a country twang in a few places. Okay. I wondered if that's why they called it Buck Owens.
2: Okay, maybe.
3: <laughs> doesn't maybe. seem to be any
2: other reason. Like
3: it's just randomly called Buck Owens.
2: Is there any reason why any of these are named these names? Yeah. It's <laughs> 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 true. M- maybe it
0: was the, the full name of Uncle Buck and he's just a big John Candy fan. That's it. <laughs> Um, I really like, this is probably my favorite song off this album as well. Um, great drumming, uh, and a great bass line as well. And I like the way it has that like kind of scratchy guitar and then into these like big open chords. Um, yeah, it feels really, really rocky. Um, and slow bits nice and yeah, and the way it goes near the end, it all gets a bit manic. Um, I thought it was great. Uh, I was interested in, um, I think the verse, Sounds a bit like, and Dan's gonna hate me for this. Um, I was like, This sounds like the first from uh, Coal Chamber Loco, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever it is. <laughs>
3: One one of my all-time least
0: favourite songs. <laughs> exactly. so it's like, oh, weird if Dan likes this.
2: I wonder <laughs> if like, I've heard that song. I know Cold Chamber was kind of in that, like, new metal yeah,
0: genre, yeah. right? Or something Is that, like that? It's very much that. That Loco was there. They had two, like, if you want to call them, hit singles. But Cold Chamber, um, Loco was the, the big one. And uh, I was like, yeah, it sounds also like, do you remember Mudfane? Mudfane. <laughs> vaguely
2: you they can the- feel my anger you can feel my pain no that's not Mudvayne <laughs> that's um <who's laughs> that? what band is what band is that I can't think you know, yeah, I don't Mudfane, and then and then I was thinking of Orgy
0: I don't know oh, yeah. Mudvayne were they were like Orgy they had loads of makeup on yeah and I always remember the Mudvayne music video because it's played like constantly over here on MTV two. and um they had like the guitarist with some really like Fat, like (laughs) some fat geeky guy who they painted like he was wearing like a red outfit and he had this big red chubby face with these like little horns on he was just standing there and I was like that guy there's just no way that guy could ever look cool even even painted up like the devil (laughs) It still looks like some fat nerd who's just learned how to play like guitar or something this little chubby kid um and uh yeah the first I was like oh it reminds me of that Bit of that you know, bit coal chamber mud vein verse going on.
2: I wonder if Dan will like
0: this. Um after he's saying he hates coal chamber so much. It doesn't sound like it. Doesn't, speaking it of doesn't like, sound like
2: how did uh, was new metal a big thing in the UK too? Like corn and limp yeah, Bizkit and yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um that was me and Dan limp were B- like
2: Limp Biscuit's still kinda cool in the in the in Europe but not in the US.
0: No, well Limp Biscuit was like it, the, yeah i mean they, this, i don't know how it was in america but they quickly um they were kind of big hit they were big here actually but yeah all the kind of like new metal fans i feel like jumped off pretty quick after three dollar bill y'all whatever. <laughs> 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 whatever it was called um uh yeah chocolate Coulton, starfish Coulton Coulton Coulton. was a pretty big album here yeah, yes, it was. And the, yeah. uh, and the hot dog flavoured water. Yeah, still so a bit stupid. But all that kind of like rolling, rolling and break <laughs> stuff or whatever. It was still big here, but not as big as it was. It wasn't as big yeah. as it was in America. Like America like felt like Limp Biscuit were much bigger than they were here. I mean, none of these bands were like massive here. We were still going through... Fucking Spice Girls or whatever the fuck was going on. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that was still like dominating. It's just, but yeah. it, within like the metal scene, um, Limp Bizkit. I wouldn't say were kind of favoured at all. Like Corn and all that stuff. Deftones definitely.
2: Um, yeah.
0: Isn't there Harry? Is there a bit of Corn
3: sampled in one of your?
2: There is. It is yeah, a. Um, it's my Aerosmith cover. Janie's got a gun. It's actually got Max Cavalera from Sepultura. Jonathan Davis, corn, and then there's um there's also Fred Durst. Brilliant. Yeah. I thought I recognized it it completely
3: bewildered me. That was, was kind like, of like f- um
2: because <laughs> I, I was I was really into corn like when I was like thirteen and yeah. I still like I still like um some of that Sepultura stuff. Mm, and it was yeah. just kind of I don't know, it just came to mind I thought it'd be funny and ridiculous to just throw those like hype moments in before the <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> i still like corn like me and dan we did a thing um well this time last year and it was like looking at like tracks of 2019 or whatever and that corn album was on it i can't remember what it's called now but um i really enjoyed it still i felt wait, i don't know wait. if you listen to it
2: which which one
0: like literally their latest one i'm trying to find oh, out
2: okay i know they did a um like a god damn it
0: the nothing it was called it was it was literally released yeah end of last year, um, yeah and I really liked it. It felt like it wasn't trying. You know, it's like with a lot of these new metal bands where it's like they're trying to emulate what they did, and it feels weird. It feels like they become a parody of themselves. Whereas when I listened mm-hmm. to this album, I was like, this this is this sounds like an actual corn album that's released like in their heyday, rather than something that's a bit of a parody of itself. If that makes sense. But, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. It's worth checking out if you you know if you're into corn. It was a nice little, you know, retro thing that still felt quite fresh. Um, yeah. It's worth worth uh digging out. Yeah,
2: I'll check it out. They they did an Alice in Chains cover on that thing the other night I was telling you about. Oh really? Uh, it was pretty good, yeah. I was like, Yeah, corn's still kind of sick.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. They, they right. still look exactly know, the same. I know
2: the Melvins are really into, like, new metal and stuff, so maybe they were trying to... <laughs> 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 well, look, I've got They're here, like check some props this out. out for that.
0: I've got here, and this is no fucking word of a lie because I just brought up the Wikipedia for the Nothing album, and it was partly recorded in Buck Owens' studio in Bakersfield, California, it says See, here. See,
2: it all it all circles around, you know? Wow. wow.
0: How about that? That's <laughs> mad. That is crazy.
2: Bakersfield, Bakerfields so, yeah. Baker is a huge shithole. Just so you know. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> that's where they're from,
3: it's isn't it? Like, I always remember smoke, them. Meth, like, and
2: hate your life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and record new metal albums. Uh, well, it's called the, we the Nothing. Put, so.
3: we should put the first Corn album on our list of stuff to do. Can I, feel can, like I, um, one... can I
2: join, please?
0: Yeah. Yeah okay literally love that first album
2: it's so uh, daddy is there any song more yep. brutal than daddy five minutes <laughs> and crying at the end
0: i know that yeah. is horrific to listen to <laughs> it's hardcore um, yeah it was also weird the idea like with faggot as well where you're just like Faggot's screaming faggot awesome as well song, but at yeah. the time i just remember thinking you know i know it's like it's it's not about it's not a homophobic song in fact it's the opposite well, it's about
2: way, people know. calling him, like, faggot in school or something, right? That's
0: right. Yeah, that's, yeah, what I that's thought. right. But it's just like, obviously, it's just got that bit where he's just screaming faggot. <laughs> so <I'm actually> like, <laughs> yeah. in my car as a teenager, like, whatever. It's a pretty
2: funny Fag-on. album. I mean, like, shoots and ladders, like, how yeah. ridiculous. Knick-knack, give a dog a bone.
0: <laughs> yeah. I loved it. I still love it. I still listen to it every now and then. Um, yeah, That's when he was, like that was all fresh and he felt like he was on top of all of that
3: kind of his vocal style mm. and then but then everything after that felt like it was just like, oh, we're just gonna beat this into the ground now and it became a bit silly I yeah. thought Life
2: as Peachy was pretty good I really just like those first two ones
1: mm.
2: yeah like,
0: I don't mind I still like Follow the Leader stuff like which is some, I know some Follow like, the, the like Leader stuff stuff's pretty cool yeah mm. yeah okay guys
2: I'm gonna have to stop <laughs> the corn loving <laughs> yeah <laughs> Let's just segue into a self-titled corn.
3: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, um, we still have six songs to go. Sterilized, sterilized. Let's have a listen.
0: That sounds a little bit Joy Division-ish. And as you know, I love, love a bit of Joy Division. Um, I like the fact that, again, and I've put here, God, I keep using the word textured. Fuck off, Sam. bit textured. <laughs> what does that you mean? Um, but that whining noise in the background is nice. Um, so I, I, I quite like this one. It was weird, but in a quiet, it's a bit different. But I was like, yeah, it's just something I like. Sure. High praise from you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think, Harry?
2: You know, I sh- maybe should have made some notes because I'm blanking on how sterilized and lacrimosa go. Yeah,
3: mm. these two always kind of just wash over me. I know one of them is kind
2: of has that weird mix thing, like on goggles, right? I think that's
3: lacrimosa. Bit. Oh, okay. Because, um, I actually, I nodded off earlier, and um, the, the drums from Lacrimosa came on and woke me up. And I was fucking, like, <laughs> terrified. <laughs> oh, what the hell is going on? I thought I was under attack. <laughs> so yeah. in your face. Um, yeah, should we just go on to Lacrimosa? Lacrimosa, sure. moving straight on. Yeah, that's it. It's it's just another one of these like brutal in your face kind of like ridiculously mixed songs. Mm. Um But yeah, I mean again it's pretty cool. It's an interesting sound. Um there aren't many other songs like this, right? But
0: um mm. it's not it's not a very palatable sound. <laughs> yeah. What did you think, Harry?
2: Um, I've, I think I'm hearing it in my head. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's pretty cool. Um, or I don't know. Maybe I'm still hearing uh, goggles Serenized. in my head. I, I apologize. I, I should have um, written something down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Can't fucking remember. <laughs>
0: that stands
3: for. But, it. I,
2: but I do know how the rest <laughs> of the four songs go. Okay, good. If um, they don't
3: make an impact, then then we just not, have to
0: yeah. gloss over them. <laughs>
2: not what we're talking about anyway.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Melvin's. Sorry, Buzz. Um, I've put here, I like, I like the way it blends in and it feels like I'm high, uh, I'm being lulled to sleep or something. Um, so yeah, I think I liked this one, I guess. Sounds like it. Sounds like it did. <laughs>
3: and, uh, an
0: unexpected result. <laughs>
3: yes. It's starting to warm
2: up to the album a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. The second half of the album, I liked a lot more than the first half, um, so yeah, I guess we're kinda of going to skin horse then, shall we?
2: God plays the
3: So did this keep the
0: uh, pattern going, Sam? The it uninterrupted did. run of good songs. Yeah, for me this was like quite a more of a radio friendly song, I guess. Um, and again, there is some great drumming here. Um, and yeah, when it like quiets, uh, quiets back down, and it's got these like really nice sounds. And then the pitch changes, and it's a bit weird, uh, but I actually quite like that. Um, so yeah, I quite liked. This experimental, I think when it, I, I don't know, like as I'm looking back at this, I think when it's moving away from the more metal stuff, I like it more. Um, it's when it goes too mm. metally that it kind of I don't know, get a bit funny about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I, I seem to quite like this one. I think this is like a fan favorite. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I'm always one to follow the masses, so. Like-
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, Harry, do you like
2: it? I do. This is another one of my favorite songs on here. Yeah, really cool drumming. It's really kind of epic and, like, triumphant, you know, kind of like this build-up thing going on. I could do without the second half, to be honest. Once it goes to that part, it's just kind of silly and almost kind of, I don't know, like (laughs) takes a really good song and kind of, just gets I don't know poops on it or something. So once it gets yeah. to that part, I can just skip the next
0: song.
3: <laughs> yeah, I like the second half. It's kind of got that lullaby thing, but I do find the vocals too much, like the processed vocal. Right, and it's much I much prefer it when they just do it live and Buzz just sings it straight. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a good version that they did this on the um, didn't they do Millennium this for Phantom Monster Us? Work? Yeah, yeah.
2: But
0: they just a do the second pressure. half. Oh, yeah, that's right. They do this on what, sorry? Munson Musk.
2: Um, the Phantomous Melvins big band. It's uh, They did some Phantomous songs and some Melvins songs and Mike Patton would sing.
0: Oh, okay. This is and one it, of the
2: tracks they did. They
0: did one. Yeah. But only, only the bit you didn't like. Yeah. Huh? I need the bit you didn't yeah, like. Yeah
2: exactly, yeah. <laughs> so Mike Patton could do weird vocal stuff. Yeah. So
3: do you like um Mike Patton?
2: Um he's okay. I Fantomos, I think is incredible and that was pretty influential to me. Like when I first heard the first Fantomos, I bought it because I was a Melvin's fan. I was in it was like freshman or uh sophomore in college and at the time I'd never really heard I wasn't listening to a lot of like experimental music on that level. And I remember hearing it just thinking it was just a wank album, just a bunch of random (laughs) shit noise. And then I didn't get it. And then I saw it live and I was like, oh, wow, this is serious. This is orchestrated. The vocals are nuts. Mike Patton's nuts. And it really like blew my mind. Mm. And I like some Bungle stuff. That new Bungle, I don't like at all. Um, I never got into Faith No More. Mm. I really just like Phantomas. I think he's a cool yeah. guy. I'm glad he's around doing shit. You know,
0: you're a big Mike Patton
3: fan, aren't you, Dan? I like um, well, I like Phantomas, and I really like Mr. F- well, I like the later Mr. Bungle stuff. Mm. And this this new Mr. Bungle album is basically like a re-recording of their first ever demo. So it's quite it's quite death metally. It's right. kind of generic, so yeah,
2: you know. Yeah, I haven't be? really.
3: Hasn't really grabbed me, mm.
0: um,
3: but I like a lot of his. Face No More. I kind of like some of it, but a lot of it's so cheesy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I like a lot of his other projects, um, like the, like Maldora, and like noise stuff. And
2: the, uh, Maldora is like the coolest CD packaging, I think. Oh really? What's that
3: yeah. I haven't got it. I've, I've only got it. Uh, it looks kind of like
2: um, women's hose and like opens up and I can't remember. I had it a long time ago and I just, I lost it or got stolen or something. Mm. I just remember it being really cool. It was like pink. Did um, sound like, pervert. That, Did that, sound was perverse, with, um, <laughs> that was Mike Patton with, that was Mike Patton with Is that what that was?
3: Yeah. Who isn't an artist that I necessarily really like all that much, but I, I don't know. I found that a little bit more uh, easy to, easy to enjoy easy listening easy mm-hmm. listening noise <laughs> right
0: yeah
2: i can't remember what it sounds
0: like I only really think of mike pattern as um faith no more really and it's kind of give or give or take it a bit um but yeah i remember mainly my mike pattern news <laughs> or appreciation comes through you dan i suppose more than anything you were big into faith no more if i remember rightly right weren't you not really, no. no. I, I, kind of, I think I got, I, got into,
3: I got into his other stuff and then I kind of went back and uh, mm. and got a few of the later albums, but there's stuff on there that I don't like. Right. Yeah, they're, they're okay. Sometimes it's a little bit
0: mm. cheesy, all those keyboards and things. Yeah, I always remember the music video that was off Vertigo. Vertigo is one of my favourite films. Um, Last Cup of Sorrow. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's that a great was, video. That's played to death, but yeah, I always used to enjoy watching it. Um, mm, yeah, sorry. Should, should we move on to uh, Captain Pungent? <laughs> Cool, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you fucker!
3: <laughs> you said you'd never share that information with anyone. <laughs> Everyone was like, "You sure he doesn't eat meat?"
0: No.
3: <laughs> smells like. It. <laughs> uh yeah. What do you make of this? I'm a big fan of this one and uh, and the next track, but but others. Should we handle them together? Actually, because one runs into the other. I kind of. So yeah, it
0: was like a okay. sweet. Sure. Do you want me to me to go first? Sure. Go. Yeah. Take um, the floor. Oh, well, I've put Captain Pungent but meh. <laughs> it's, a bit, oh, man. I put, it's a bit blur. It's a bit blur. i I like the uh, kind of weird effects that go on near the end, but I didn't really I didn't really dig it. Um and then Berthus, which is the one it goes, goes straight into. Um, is a bit better. I thought, I thought it's okay. I prefer the voice here rather than the death metal sounding singing. Um, so yeah, it hasn't really done much for me. but It, it seems to be all right. The impression I was left with. This oh, makes me very sad. <laughs> <know>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love Bertha's. I think Captain Pungent works best as well in the context of like running into Bertha's. And then it's just such a, such a like upbeat song, and it's just like rocking really hard. The drumming towards the end is great. All those like um like rhythmic changes and like playing off of like the drum will play uh, a little riff, mm. and then like the bass will respond and then play again. Mm. It just sounds like uh, I don't know, just like really vibrant kind of song, but also. You know, they're not they're not mucking about anymore. This is like straight up a rock song to kind of like give you a satisfying end to the album. Mm. Yeah, nice. what do you think, Harry?
2: Um Captain Pungent's okay. Um I don't know what else I have to say about it. Um I really like Bertha's. It's really cool. I wish Melvin's would do more stuff like this with Buzz singing in that voice, and it's really just like a cool riff, and even the way he's like like strumming it is just really kind of like chill almost, and mm. cause it's just got this kind of like it's like rocking but it's like relaxed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of my favorite songs on here. I like it a lot. Mm.
0: Nice, Dan. What was I that? Think it um, sorry, go. On. No, you go. Okay. What was that um, children's program about? That I knew you were say yeah, so in the UK,
3: in the 80s, we had a kids' TV show called Bertha. Yeah. Bertha, lovely Bertha, I sometimes think you're a dream.
0: It's actually how it went. It was about
3: a bloody, like, a, a machine in a factory, a production plant. And they managed to get, like, a whole children's series out of that. Every episode, it would break, and someone had to fix it. And that was, like, the... The main Stupidest, drama and action. It's the so. shittest idea for a TV
0: <laughs> show. <laughs> Sounds weird. It's so it is weird. It was always just like you put, you put some bits in, and she'll turn it into like a fucking spaceship or something. I don't know, but like only within the confines of like a small box. <laughs> it was something really it's a great show But yeah, there was. Um, she always had like a smile on her face, and not she? It wasn't a great yeah. show. It was awful. I feel like it was a great show. all the time. Um, great show. God,
3: I mean geez. I haven't watched it since 1987 probably but I'm willing to stake my name
0: <laughs> <laughs> on it being a great show Jesus apparently it was only it was only 13 episodes can you believe that just 13 Burn Brightly Burned Brightly Burned did did burn Brightly it felt like it was about 100 um, yeah but that was good. so when I saw Bertha's yeah I imagined it <laughs> imagine this and I'm just looking at a picture of it so fucking stupid there's only 13
3: episodes it would be easy to cover on the show right
0: oh fuck off not, for...
3: <laughs> <laughs> not watching fucking Bertha Bertha on the show shouldn't have brought it up then no, all right. anyway look Bertha's I think it would have been a good close to the album but then we get this kind of like little epilogue I suppose of Cottonmouth so yeah, uh, yeah let's have a little listen to that
0: To it on Spotify, and there was three and a half minutes of silence.
2: That was it. I was like,
0: it's just a secret track. And then something seemed to come in that was like slowed down. And actually, I didn't mind it. I thought it felt quite nice and warm. Um, and I quite enjoyed it. But yeah, I don't know. I was like, am I listening to the right thing? Is <laughs> my Spotify crashed or something? Um, weird. Is it, is it terrible. A, is it a secret track or there, did I miss something?
3: No, it's just the last song on the album. You missed it. <laughs> Oh my god. You missed their grand opus. <laughs>
2: I so like does... this I like the song. It's kind of this like it makes me think of someone playing guitar in a bathtub. Yeah. Um, an, an empty bathtub and it, it just sounds like a country song with a guy that has a bunch of cotton in his mouth.
3: That's it. Yeah, it's pretty much like a pastiche, right? It's just kind of.
0: Sounds
3: sounds
2: like he's saying, God damn. I got the stone, God damn. Yeah, Yeah, I liked
3: it. I thought it was was quite nice. What, that rendition?
2: That as well. Yeah. I like the little choo choo train horn.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was quite a nice, nice ending, right? Let's sort it out with a little smile or something. Let's see uh, you guys. Come back next time. Uh,
3: yeah, it's like the train pulling out. Adios.
0: Yeah.
3: So uh yeah, that, that was stag. Um mm. so like Sam, what were your favorite songs?
0: And your least favourite songs? Um, I don't know. I think my favourite song was Buck Owens, um, as I was saying. uh, Yeah, and I liked, uh, what else I put here? Skin Horse was good. Um, And uh, Tipping the Line was good. Um, In terms of, like, what I didn't like, I think the, my least favorite song is, which is going to be no surprise, is Bar X, The Rocking End. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um I don't Amazing. think I can listen to that again. If, if wow. I, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, what about you guys?
2: Uh, um, Harry? Um, yeah, Buck Owens. I like a lot. Uh, the Bloat. Bertha's first half of Skin Horse. Mm. Um the only song I really don't like that much like I said is Soup mm. and um, yeah mm. how
0: about you Dan?
3: I think my favourites are probably The Bit and The Bloat
0: I think they're <laughs> a bit. just a little sorry <laughs> 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 sentence
2: there's a lot of <laughs> B songs. The bloat, Bar X, the bit, Buck Owens, Bertha. Yes. Black Bark. Yeah.
0: Black black bark, yeah.
3: Do you think at, do you think Atlantic were like, we've we've got a load of bees hanging around in the pressing plant. Can you <laughs> need yes. you to write a quota of bee, bee related songs? That's how the
0: music industry works, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's usually their priority. <laughs> You're an buzz. You can think of loads of songs with B in. Go on. Up to it. <laughs> yeah. What was your worst one?
3: My least favorite are Goggles and Sterilized and Lacrimosa. They just never seem to, they just never seem to go in.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, i agree with that. I like those songs, but. Yeah.
0: I find them forgettable. Yeah. Fair enough. More, More there for the experience of the album maybe. Yeah. It? Some mm. Sonic Adventure. What's your, what would you say is your final impression then? The album? Um, pretty much what my opening impression was.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think, I've, I've enjoyed going on this journey with you both, but um, essentially it hasn't changed my opinion whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. What a surprise.
3: <laughs> it's, um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's their most eclectic album. It's probably their, like, most most vibrant, kind of colourful album. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like their white album, mm-hmm. um, you know, with them all contributing different songs. And I think, um, you know, I think it was right, though, that they probably just then moved on quickly. And I like that about them at this time in their career. It felt like every album was totally different. And they just like, done, move on, something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so like as much as I would like more material like this, I'm quite happy that it's just like one one album standalone, one moment in time. Mm. And did you say this was your favourite Melvin's album? Have a made that up? You've made that up. I think my favourite might be Hostile Ambient Takeover,
0: right.
3: which is kind of heavy and kind of 70s influenced and also very weird. Lots of experimentation and like uh keyboards and I think I think Kevin's bass stuff on that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, like maybe the boot Licker, which is like more laid back, experimental.
0: Yeah.
3: Um and Bullhead, which is like an early uh quite quite heavy hard rock kind of album.
0: Okay.
3: Um so like my favourites are like dotted across all different eras of the band.
0: Yeah. Well, suppose that's that's one of the benefits of having a band that have been doing it for so long. Yeah. What about you, Harry? What what what? Any final thoughts on this album?
2: Um, Yeah, I think it's a really cool album. I wish they had more stuff like this, but I feel like it was just a moment in time that was captured. You know, for whatever reason, just things lined up and having uh, Mark D in the band. Um, I like the way I like the way. The albums, the Atlantic Years albums were recorded. I think like it just sounds really pristine I just felt like stuff for the most part hasn't sounded as good sonically to me. They just sound really professional and the the drums really sound awesome and cut through. Mm.
3: Um, what, are they, uh, what are they doing with those drums here that they're not doing anymore?
2: Uh, I don't know maybe they're like I I don't know I know that um, Toshi just has a way of recording drums that just sound sound different to me like um, I really like that Mike and the Melvins record yeah recorded by someone else and I thought the drums sound more like they do in like the Atlantic years stuff
3: yeah that's a cool album I like that one
2: but, you know, yeah. I don't know if this is, if I listen to everything now, this would be my favorite. It was, it's more of like a nostalgic thing when I was young. This one was the one that was my favorite. Uh, I really like Ozma a lot. You know, the Osmo oh, and really? Porch treatments, like they really were doing these sort of complicated, weird songs, and they sort of yeah. simplified after that. Um, so I like that one a lot, and... I don't know. I mean, for me, I kind of, after Stag, kind of, I don't know, been spotty with Melvin stuff, I guess.
3: Mm, okay. So this was like their the last hurrah for you. In a the way, big, yeah. Like-
2: Honky was cool, but it was a little too experimental to listen to on a regular. Like, I mean, I appreciate it. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Um, and then just the way... That, that you know when i heard the the maggot after this stuff it just sounded so different sonically and i didn't i didn't wasn't really able to get it or appreciate until like for a few years now Mm. i really like the maggot but you know the drums are just recorded really different it's just it's just a huge departure which i'm sure they did on purpose you know but I watched some live stuff from those years with Kevin, and it just really slays. He's such a weird performer. <laughs> he just seems all like fucked up and drugged up, and <laughs> and dresses weird and moves weird, and it seems totally authentic. Like he's a real like freak, not like he's you know trying to be that way. Mm. There was I a saw lot of a energy, few times. energy to those performances. I felt like, but.
0: Right.
3: Yeah, I saw I saw them with him a few times and yeah, he was always really captivating. Um I think I saw his last show with the band actually. I think it was in London. I don't think he I don't think he played with them anymore. And David Yao came out at the end as well and oh, did that's a cool. version of Night Goat. And I always remember he was like really playing up, you know, his like disgusting side. <laughs> yeah. And he had this tiny baby blue tight t-shirt with his beer belly sticking out. And um, I just remember him taking a packet of cigarettes and just like shoving them in his mouth and just kind of like eating them and going, oh, rah, rah, rah. and he just like spat them all out. And my friend got the um, got the cigarette pack
0: God. after the gig.
2: was like, <laughs> I got it. it, I got it.
0: <laughs> Put it in the frame. Yeah, this yeah. is going into my wank soup.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I saw um, uh, Yao perform with them in Georgia a couple times. They did Night Goat and I think they did, maybe they did Blockbuster or something. Oh, cool. But there's a recording of him doing Smells Like Teen Spirit with with them. Yeah. You know, I think they're trying to make fun of it, but, but it actually sounds really cool. Have you heard <laughs> that?
3: Yeah, I think, um, I, think I did it a few. I think I've got two shows back to back. Like around two thousand or something, but I haven't listened to that in so long. Nice. Um, when it comes to like yeah, like recording drums and stuff, and just general production, like how are you? How are you recording your stuff? I noticed you're working with. I can't pronounce his name. Is it Paul Rossler?
2: Yeah, it's Paul Rossler. You know, I mean, he pretty much just mixes the drums the way he does, you know. Like, I help with mixing and panning and basic stuff, but he does, you know, especially drum the majority of that work, and I kind of just let him do what he does, and I think they sound pretty good. Um, But I don't play much of a, a part like sonically. I mean, if I hear something... For me, it's more about like levels. I'll be like, the kick isn't coming out as much or, or the drums are too loud or the drums are too low or something like that. Mm. Or there's too, too much cymbals or something. How do you think the drums sound on this stuff?
3: I thought it all sounded really good.
2: And, and then there's two drummers. I drum on some of the stuff, more kind of the, the simple stuff or the kind of sludgy stuff, some uh-huh. of it. And then uh, this guy, Joe Berardi... Who plays with me live sometimes. He's like a jazz drummer. He's like really good. So if there's something that I think I can't do or needs a little needs something better, I'll uh have him come in. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm not a, a bit of flair. Yeah, not a great drummer.
3: How do some of those songs like you you know come together composition wise? Cause that's what I was thinking when I was listening to a lot of it. And especially that track. You've got a song called Balloons, which is really long. And it's kind oh, of like that's a, probably
2: my favorite track I've ever done.
3: I, yeah, that's why I kind of, it really jumped out at me. Um, but it's really different, I think, to a lot of your other stuff because it feels almost like a like, like jazzy improv kind of thing.
2: Yeah, it's got the, the, the saxophone in it. That one was the kind of an idea I had of a song and just invite a lot of my friends to be guests on it. So there's a lot of people on it. My roommate sings on it. She does the kind of sexual girl sounds, that oh, uh, 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 uh. I don't know if you know that part. Um, that one I just was like, actually, it was inspired because I went to this fish show, and at the hotel, everyone was doing nitrous in the parking lot. And I sat there and did nitrous all night to down. It was just me and one guy doing it to the point where it was kind of like depressing and pathetic. I mean, we were just kind of like... I mean, we should wrap this up and like call it a night. And uh, my brain just felt like fried, like I had maybe done some permanent damage. Maybe I had, but the song came out of it, and I just felt weird for a while, maybe a week or two. And I wrote that, and I wonder how all that came about. Sometimes I'll have a song idea, and I'll try and book some time with Paul. And we'll go in and do it. And then sometimes, if I can't get in for a while, I just keep adding on to the song, which may have happened that time, because it's like 11 minutes.
3: And yeah, that's a long one. Um,
2: I don't know. That was just one that flowed. I used to I live in a house now. I had an apartment and the, just this kind of small little closet, laundry room in the corner. I had it set up with a little amp. And I would write there. It was like the place where neighbors could hear me least, I thought. And I just came up with those parts and then just invited people in. I do some of the dr- – it's got some of my drums, some program drums, and then Joe Berardi plays at the end when it gets kind of fast because I can't drum that fast. <laughs> but the end to me sounds kind of like uh, – for some reason it makes me think of The never ending Story, like riding Falcor or something. It's really like, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like
0: nice.
2: Like, – I'm surprised
3: know. that it came together like that. I just assumed – I didn't realize it was like pieced together. I was thinking like, did they write this and rehearse it and then just go in and, and play it? Well, there's really day? no
2: rehearsing. As far as Harry Cloud, it's not really a band. It's me yeah. playing everything and we'll, we'll put a click track, you know, so I can keep adding on and we'll figure out, you know, there's like different tempo changes and stuff. Um, so as far as the way that stuff goes, um, You know, sometimes stuff's written in the studio. We'll write parts, and then I'll be like, oh, this needs to be longer, this needs to be shorter, and we'll, like, it can end up being kind of a process, like cutting and pasting stuff. It's not as organic as, like, I don't know if that's the right word. Like, Orphan Goggles is like a band, so we go in there and we record live, and then we, you know, do overdubs and stuff, but Harry Cloud stuff's a little, little different.
3: Tinkering and building stuff up, and
2: yeah, sculpting a little bit. It, each each song's different. Some comes out right away, and then some we'll fool around with for a long time. Mm. Just
3: and because. when it comes to playing live, then how do you how do you do all that?
2: Well, with the Harry Cloud stuff, I feel like live we kind of don't really live up to the albums. I haven't played that much. It's Joe Berardi on drums, you know, me guitar singing, and then um, Paul Rossler on the keys, and he kind of plays keys and tries to lay down kind of the, the bass section with some low-end keys. And it's different because sometimes he plays keys that don't even have keys on them on the album. Mm. But it's just like I know the guys. Part of yeah. it's just lazy, too. I don't want to <laughs> fucking get a bunch of people together and, you know, play to a small amount of people. Um, but uh, we had a bass player that I really liked, but the drummer was complaining that it was getting too muddy between my guitar and his bass. And I was like, fine, we'll just, we just want to have a bass player. But doing stuff like, you know, balloons or something, it would be really hard to, do live so we do more of the you know songs like bowser or kind of like rock or um what's the name that song uh brain we thought about doing brain we didn't do that one live
3: um it sounds like it was it was made to be played live
2: i know right i just thought (laughs) i thought about doing it with like a with like a the fake applause like in the background
0: yeah i love um, that
2: we do, like, Momo Island, Pink Custard Pie, Asexual mm. Bunny Rabbits, Sam-Am, Haunted Hayride, Bowser, Corsets, Look What You Made Me Do, Voorhees and Pig. So I guess we do most of the stuff on here right. live. But we've only played maybe, like, ten times, maybe less. I've played tons with Orphan Goggles. But that's more of, like, a, you know, a band. We all get together and practice yeah. and write as a band. And- mm Have you played over
0: here? Have you played in London, UK?
2: I haven't played in London specifically. I've played some solo sets by myself. Like I played in Berlin. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of went with some friends who were doing solo stuff. And I played some shows with them here and there. I played somewhere in Italy, like around Bari. Mm -hmm. And uh, some real small town. But I just kind of, when I first started playing, I would play, you know, by myself. And then I started doing these record, these, you know, more professional sounding records with Paul and playing with, with bands. And then now I feel like when I play by myself, it's kind of underwhelming. I'm just used to having this power behind me. Yeah. And so I've, the last few times I played at my friend's apartment in New York and I just, Maybe it's good to them, but it doesn't seem good to me. So, mm. no, I haven't really played over there. Like our band, we would have to figure it out, like financially and stuff. You know, it's
0: yeah. It'd be good hard. to um, yeah, it'd be good to see 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 you guys do it. Over here.
2: Yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, definitely, me. it's kind of my dream to do that. It'd be fun to tour like Japan or something too. Yeah, man, Japan's
0: like my dream this that I've never been and I've always wanted yeah, to go since I was a kid.
2: somewhere I just want to go in
0: general you know mm. yeah definitely can't you
3: just uh, can't you just tell uh, Kevin to speak to Buzz and Melvin should bring hepatitis and Harry Cloud out on tour
2: <laughs> yeah that'd be cool probably be because I'd really like battles. to see
3: hepatitis as well
2: yeah, they're good. You know, they, When they started out, like, I didn't think it was good. And I thought, like, am I just not seeing something? You know, it started out, it was just Kevin. Then it was Kevin and Sterling. Sterling plays in me in Orphan Girls. Then mm-hmm. it was Kevin, Sterling, and this guy, David. Then they brought in a drummer. Then David left. They gradually just got better and better, but just started really organically. You know, we just started adding yeah. people slowly. And now that this great-sounding rock band. I mean, when I saw them last for the Melvins, I thought they were way better than the Melvins. Just super fucking heavy. And nice. Kevin's such a captivating guy, you know. And I really kind of feel it. Like, I don't know that he was really used to singing. His singing was pretty bad at first, and then yeah. he really kind of, uh, I don't know, found his voice or whatever, but they're such a great band now.
3: Yeah, I really like their stuff. I've said it in my videos. I prefer what they've been putting out the last few years to what The Melvins have been doing. And it's just it's just really fucked up. <laughs>
2: hmm. Yeah. It is. And like he's doing the solo stuff with his wife now. And oh, yeah, I haven't, I I haven't heard it, but they've they've come up with pretty funny titles. One's called Anal Three Way. <laughs> and then uh, Yeah, it's it's he's got pretty like funny titles and twisted like sexual stuff yeah definitely not afraid to go there yeah <laughs> I think he's probably not been spending too much time at the torture museums correct. as well yeah maybe <laughs> he's probably got some of that shit in his bedroom who knows
3: <laughs> so um what's next for you have you got any plans or has everything just been completely put on hold because of covid
2: Well, I have a a, another Harry Cloud record that's been ready for a while that might be my favorite overall. Um, And um, yeah, so the the studio I record at with Paul, the lady who who runs it, she's it's called Kitten Robot Studio. She started a record label, so they're gonna put out my. I mean, it's supposed to happen. They're gonna put out my new album, like proper and get some, like, PR for it and stuff. So kind of just been waiting on that to happen, being patient with that. Maybe this summer or something, it'll it'll be out. We're supposed to have talks about it this month. And then Orphan Goggles has an album that's ready, like 12 songs. That's the most we've ever put out on something, and we've really kind of slaved over to try and be one of our best records. Me and Sterling, like, are the writers of that, of that band. It's mm. like an equal leadership thing. And we're going to try and shop that around. But yeah, basically I got two albums I'm sitting on, skin tags, writing some stuff. So...
0: Nice. That's great. Yeah, well, I look forward to, I look forward to hearing it because, yeah, Dan, you know, turned me on to your stuff. Um, I, yeah, I, really, to you. I've, I genuinely really enjoyed it.
2: Cool, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I'll mm. send you like a private SoundCloud playlist of the new album. I think you'll really like it.
0: Yeah. What, me or Dan?
2: Both, yeah, both no. of you guys. <laughs> Y'all can share it with each other.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, is that, um, is it going to sound like stag? Is that the problem?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. Maybe a little. I don't know what it sounds like.
0: It well, was part of the fun, I suppose. There's
2: like some Viking rock on it and there's some kind of funk on it and there's some kind of incesticide sounding stuff on it. Uh, like pretty heavy doom on it.
0: Brilliant.
3: I just love that all of yeah your albums are so uh, eclectic across the, the map. Um, it just seems to be like, yeah, so many different like styles in there. Especially big in the machine. That's kind of like every song. Like, where are we going to go next?
2: Yeah. yeah. You thought this one was more accessible than the other ones? You said. Yeah, I thought. It, I think so. Probably. It seems a little
3: more, uh, a little more like rounded, and maybe a little bit more like
2: flows a little better. Maybe. Yeah. Some of those jumps
3: on the other albums, from like track to track, the weren't as uh, maybe weren't as like dramatic. On the pig and the machine.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, But I thought, yeah, there's loads of, there's loads of like, um, you know, for people that are into alternative rock, you know, you don't have to be into like weird, out there, avant-garde, totally experimental stuff. There's a ton of like really good material that, you know, casual rock fan would enjoy. Yeah. So like... Yeah, definitely. It'd be great if you if yeah, if your next release gets like a bit more distribution and PR. Yeah,
2: that would be good. I get some really good reviews, but it's it's more just for my own ego stroking. I don't know really (laughs) me people see it. I mean, your reviews of my stuff have been the best and the most thoughtful, and my friends have seen them and be like, God, this guy really like delves in. I remember Kevin being really impressed with your Blue Fat Pussy review. (laughs)
3: i should do another hepatitis at some point
0: Um,
3: we
2: got to do the corn the corn one that'll be fun
0: yeah yeah (laughs) we we should do it yeah we'll we'll book it in we'll put we'll we'll make um because we choose it randomly usually at the end but uh yeah we'll we'll we'll, the next music one we'll arrange and um yeah we'll do corn by corn (laughs) Do you want to hear before before you go? Do you want to hear some of the reviews for Stag? I've got two reviews. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, I'd love love to hear them. Negative reviews, hopefully those are the best. I
0: hate it. This review comes from uh, Carsten Folkball Pedersen, and he gave it he gave it five out of five. So obviously a big fan. Cool. And yeah, this one, subject. <clears throat> a real final set. This is uh, 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 this is a dream of a re-release. Impossible to get off the stereo when first on. Imagine if the greatest punk rock band in the world made an album. This is the sound of that. Just get it right. <laughs> Just get it right now. Don't think. Trust me. if this one doesn't cut it, nothing will. Just horse back to the daft punk and sleep again. Real rock is not for you, but if you <laughs> like your music raw and stony as fook, this could be the time of your life. <laughs>
2: Where did you find this review?
0: I think this is Amazon. Amazon uh, okay. review. Um, and then I've got, I've, I've got a. So, uh, was it Billy Joe Armstrong? <laughs> no, yeah. Billy Joe Armstrong.
3: The time you'll have the time of your life. Oh yeah, right. Okay, I was thinking more. Uh, oh god.
2: Uh, <laughs>
0: um and then the negative review is from the NME Dan. The new musical <sighs> express. And, Back I say you know, the the real you know cornerstone of musical criticism. Um uh, I hate NME and I always have done. But here's Tom Cox from the NME. <laughs> And that's, yeah, that's his real name. (laughs) It's, it's, uh, (laughs) Metal is the new punk. Haven't you heard? No? Oh, well, the Melvins are going to have a go at convincing you anyway. Thirteen albums down the line and they're still singing roadies from hell, serving on plaudits from grunge and punk luminaries, yet playing music which faithfully waxes the devil's genitalia. Needless to say, Stag is a hugely depraved record. A hideous, deformed creature spawned by alien minds. Great! It farts in the direction of three chord boredom and makes rancid sound <laughs> about as hardcore as moist fish fingers. <laughs> moist but, fish fingers, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's when you know when you get them out of the oven and just, it's not quite done, is it? A bit too floppy, um, <clears throat> but not so great. It's totally unlistenable and slightly more metal than <laughs> the Pompadour Center. This is, to all intents and purposes what Metallica sounds like to your great-aunt. <laughs> <laughs> so, amidst the grunts, growls and pummelings of sludge guitar, the search is on for some creative justification for the Melvins' continuing status as Kurt Cobain's favourite band. The somewhat scant findings are a touch of mismatched Led sep ambience, surfing between surfing between songs, and the decidedly peculiar Black Bock, which barks <laughs> on about cutting the throat of the billy goat, threatens to become a hard rock ween. (laughs) such a weird thing. Not a nice thought. Still, we're obliged to love the Melvins for being the non-PC charmers that they are, and, after all, they're only larking around. So, by all means, buy them a beer, but on no account go anywhere near their records. Stagger shite. And guess what they gave it out of ten? One. (laughs) You're close. You're one of. Two. None? Two. Oh.
2: See, I don't know. To me, that was kind of like a nice review. Like they ended up like shitting on it, but some of the stuff you said was like, I mean, what do you think, Dan? Didn't some of that sound kind of complimentary in a way? Yeah,
3: it felt like there was a good review in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, he put a lot of time into it and being kind of clever with his words to to insult it. You know? yeah. it just made some sort of impression, you know?
0: Quite verbiose. Um if that's the right word. Uh yeah, yeah that's the reviews. So, so people generally seem to like it, but um enemy hated it. But you know, this was probably Tom Cox probably runs fucking BBC Radio One now, who knows? Um yeah. Probably, yeah. Um should we go to Nerd Corner briefly as well? Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry, forgot about Nerd Corner. Let's go to Nerd Corner. Nerd, 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 nerd.
3: There's actually quite a lot in Nerd Corner, but I'm going to keep it brief and just um, mention in 1997, um, the Melvins did a singles run on Amphetamine Reptile Records. So they put out a single every month for the whole of 1997. Wow. And um, these singles, like, they're a real weird experimental grab bag of stuff. Um. Like there's a lot of like, there's a song I think called like Double Troubled, which is like just them playing around with tapes. Just like fast forward. A re- lot of it's just crap. Rewind
2: crack. it.
3: <laughs> Do- yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. Cut to the chase. That's, that's essentially what I was trying to
2: say. <laughs> <laughs> I like their um, Promise Me cover, a gun club cover. That's pretty. That's, that's cool, yeah. Is. I can't remember what's all on those. I had the CD that, with the singles. I like their, um, or I don't know. Did Do they, they have their Germs cover on one of those, or maybe not? Yeah,
3: Lexicon Devil. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And Teresa Screams. Do you remember that one?
2: Yeah. No, I don't, I, I don't <laughs> like that one very much. <laughs>
3: It's just someone practicing, a, like, a scream in the studio for about three and a half minutes, oh right? Oh, God. Uh, but um, amongst all this stuff, there's a legitimate um, outtake from Stag, mm. um, which is, so it was on the eighth single uh, track called Specimen. Um, and, yeah, if you go online, like, a lot of people really love this song. There's a lot of people going, like, this is the best Melvin song. Um it's kind of in the same vein, I suppose, as like goggles and um, sterilised. Mm. In the it's it's kind of like it's pretty heavy, but it's also kind of weird. So yeah, if that's like your kind of thing, if that's your side of Melvins that you like, um, it's worth tracking this uh, song down. Yeah, especially in this day and age, you just go on YouTube and find it. So
0: yeah,
3: <laughs> specimen. It's called. Okay. Cool. That's it for nerd corner. That's it. That's it. No, I was no going to go on about all the
0: reissues and stuff, but uh, we'll, well, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Okay, um, Harry, uh, where can people find you? Where do, what do you want to uh, plug? What do you want to link to? Uh,
2: there's harrycloudmusic.com. Um, that's kind of like has all my bands on it and links to everything and videos and stuff, pictures. Reviews. It's a good start there. And that links to like, there's like some live shows on ar- archive.org, mainly mm-hmm. Orphan Goggles stuff. And, um, you know, I'm also on Bandcamp, White Worm Records has Orphan Goggles and Fannyland and Harry Cloud. Um,
0: you on any social media? channels
2: yeah i'm on facebook and instagram Mm -hmm. soundcloud there's a orphan goggle soundcloud Harry cloud soundcloud uh you know got stuff on itunes spotify all that stuff
0: cool yeah and yeah i highly recommend um the pig in the machine i really enjoyed it um but yeah thanks for thanks for coming on
2: Um, yeah that was a lot of fun it's like my yeah. first uh, interview, kind of. I've been, like, shy about doing them. And I was like, you know, should say yes. And it ended up being a lot of fun, so.
3: Yeah, exactly. Ah, sure cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. It's um, it's nice to have a, an actual Melvins fan in,
2: <laughs> in <laughs> the house for this. It's been quite
0: difficult. <laughs> hey, what, are you, what are you trying to say, Dan? <laughs> That I did mean.
2: like having someone who's not a Melvins fan and, and isn't that impressed. It makes it much more interesting than <laughs> us glo everyone gloating yeah. over it, you know?
0: Yeah, waking <laughs> on each other's backs. Um. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> waking it to, yeah. <laughs> Melvins are geniuses. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um. I put a stop to that.
2: <laughs> not having <laughs> any of that round yeah. You cock-blocked it. yeah
0: Um, and Dan uh, anything you want to plug anything going on yeah go over to my
3: Instagram and YouTube channel Dreadful Dan's Discs Dreadful Dan's
0: Discs Uh, there'll be plenty more fun music conversation Uh, right Dan you ready to find out what we're we're going to be watching a film next week cool you ready to find out what it is Harry you ready (laughs) find out what we're going to (laughs) watch Yeah. Excitement's killing you. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of my favourites. I'm actually really excited about it. It is. I don't know if you've seen this, actually. It's Fantastic Planet. Le Planète Sauvage. I've seen it because you made me watch it. (laughs)
2: I've never heard
0: of it. That sounds about right. It's a French 60s animated film about humans who live on this alien planet with these huge, massive like a- like the humans are like three or four inches tall. And there's these big aliens who are like blue and they like, ha- it's really like quite psychedelic. And the music is actually, um, is, is really weird and cool. But the actual animation, if you watch it, it's all like beautifully hand drawn and it's just like, they make these weird alien creatures, um, Watch the trailer for it. It's it's basically about humans, like, no longer being pets and trying to, like, rise up against the... Trying to work together to rise up against the aliens who are, like, evil. But they're not really evil. They're just, like, normal people. But, like, they just think of humans as like pets. It's like, we're not going to take it anymore. Um, it's really good. It's strangely bleak. And yet, yeah. I've got, like, an original...
2: When was it, when was it made? I think
0: I want to say, maybe it's like 1970 or something. Let's have a look. Um, but it's uh, 1973, yeah. But I think you'd really dig it, actually. It's, fuck, it's fucked up in its own weird way. Um, yeah. It's only just over It's quite beautiful, long. though, as well. Yeah. I mean, it's beautifully animated, and uh, but like the soundtrack's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, check it out. Um, okay. So I'm really excited about that, actually. Fantastic Planet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Let's watch it. Um, so, yeah, again, that's it. Um, thanks very much, Harry, for coming on as well. That's yeah, been great. that was
2: a lot of fun. Thank you, guys.
0: Mm. Thanks, Harry. Yeah, and uh, for everyone at home, we will see you next time.
2: Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.
0: thank you for listening to oddcast movies music and gaming if you want to get in touch with us or get a movie album or game put on our list to discuss then email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com or a podcast at gmail.com this is part of a new winter podcast network so head on over to anewwinter.net to check out our other shows you can also follow us on instagram at anewwinter twitter at a winter, and you can head on over to our patreon page patreon.com slash anewwinter thanks for listening and see you again soon